Taverncast. 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 Alright, welcome to Taverncast for the week of June 18th, 2005. This is Aloysius. This is Cromley. And Carl. Taverncast is a different spin on the World of Warcraft podcast. We're basically just going to be talking about uh, everything World of Warcraft, tips, tricks, secrets. So we want to give a big welcome to a new host on Taverncast. Her name is Kern Kater. Welcome, gamer guys and gamer chicks. This is Kern Kater. <laughs> Taverncast is brought to you by... <laughs> well, this is Cromley, and I'm going to do a section I think I'm going to call this the Rogue is R-O-G-U-E. Rouge is R-O-U-G-E, and that is makeup. There is a big difference here, people. You've become very special to me, and I think I'm falling in love with you. Lawless Gators, you RP noob. It's going to be easy to know if Karg shows up on the RP server. He's going to be Thunder Noob. <laughs> you press that macro, it will say, I smite you, Karg. As the That's back. really cool. So if you don't want to say, I smite you, Level 60 Shaman and I going at it. And we got sort of off into a corner and started going on at one-on-one. And uh, Sounds romantic. It, <laughs> in the fridge? That's that big rectangular thing in the kitchen. Keeps things cold? It's cold. Cold like winter. Where beer lives. That's where the beer lives. <laughs> beer lives in my belly. Hey, uh, I just want to talk about your colorful armor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Nick Paladin. I'm Paladin Bright. Paladin Bright. <laughs> I fight for right. <laughs> So we've got beer and animal crackers this week. Yeah, these get back uh, 3.2 health per second. Hello, Mr. Horse. I love you. No, don't eat my hand. Ah! I hate you guys. You own me. You pwn me. You WTFPWN me. I'm Cromley. You're Aloysius. <laughs> By the way, the horde guy named Ganker, I enjoyed ganking you. But do support all podcasts. Probably. Carg, <laughs> while you're out there. Get beer! Beer, Carg! It's one of sales of sale, because I'm the Paladin Bright, and I want to tell you that I'm on the sale. Carmen's <laughs> got a couple things he wants to touch on, so I'll be back next time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a, uh, a couple things I want to touch on. Like uh, the ice barb spear and the water fighting coal. What is it? Well, we got a special treat for you guys that's uh, pork rinds. Get and out of my face. Ingredients, pork rinds. See, that's where I stop. <laughs> Those slimes, man, they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about the game. Oh. Oh, Cargy-poo. Oh, Cargy-poo. Every time I see you, I'm no longer blue. Hard. Go, Merlot. Azuros, go Merlot. Sounds like the L Sharpton of Merlot. They are not hiding anything from us. I can confirm that we've had an accident. This is a special news bulletin from Republic Radio News. Wait a minute! Someone's crawling out of sewers! Someone or something! 
Holy shit! Like my God, they've somehow gotten around us. 100 yards. They just they just keep coming. 50 yards. They're everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Today, thousands of lives came under attack by evil. They're in the building. Oh my God! They're they're actually scaling the sides of these skyscrapers here. We've, we've done our best here. They're 50 feet now, climbing right back. What is the spotted dick? The spotted dick, which I am sharing with Eloise. Kieran Kateri refuses to That's put it any up, in dog. her mouth. Um, <laughs> Alright, disclaimer. Spotted dick is actually like bread pudding in a can. In my country, dick is dick, man. <laughs> We're bringing on a new regular cast member to Tavern Cast. His name is Asbro. Sing it! Tavern Cast, Tavern Cast, building song. Tavern cast, let's all sing along! Be thankful for beer. <laughs> Cheers! Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, boys and girls. Merry Christmas from Tavern Cast. I'm Santa Claus, and I love Tavern Cast. This is what would happen if you call the uh, Tavern Cast support line. Thank you for calling Tavern Cast India. Oh, yeah, I'm not getting access to the forums. How's the weather? I am 6'6". My parents attribute it to the fact that... Well, you guys know where Davis-Bessie nuclear plant is, right? As we're <laughs> schooled by the fires of nuclear radiation. <laughs> Hi, I'm Crumley. This is Azros. This is Kankate. And this is Aloysius. We've all been eating Diviet Delight and Crikey, we've turned into Australians. Yeah, everybody who's been running on Courage AQ, LFG all week, AQ, ZG, Ubers, Elvers, Libbers, Lobbers, WTF, Ubers. <laughs> oh, I am less sad. The Lord of Warcraft. You get 300 engineering and you make a Trojan horse. And you pack everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> and you send it into the battle. And they'll course. be like, what's that? Let's take it back. I bet it's a prize. And you bring it. Poof. Everybody well, so like, you can choose. Is it a Here comes the Trojan horse, right? <laughs> winky, 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 winky. With one paladin pushing it. <laughs> I'm a plot elf. I'm so happy. Dinosaurs didn't really go extinct. They just ex they start they they just started going faster. So they actually accelerated past the speed Through of light. time? No, no, no. The dinosaurs just started going faster. They didn't die out. They just went faster. It's fat weasel ale. <laughs> I love the fat weasel. It is a good beer. Welcome to the show. You will love it. The chlamydia buff. <laughs> Minus ten spirit for an hour. Minus twenty to stamina. No, it's more like <laughs> unable to mount or sit without heavy damage. <laughs> You know, my big thing when you're looking for gear is I ask myself, WWTD, what would Thrall do? Syphilis! Syphilis is our friend. We love syphilis. Syphilis. Ezra's, take it. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Ooh, sayonara! 
Thank you for watching Iron World of Warcraft. More or less significantly increased. I want to go into Battlegrounds with dual-wielding fish. I often take my fish with me and just whip it out just because it's... Oh, buddy. Yeah, no, we're talking about the game. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> the is Tabercast. You will be silent. I am speaking. empty Taverncast episode episode twenty. Welcome to the Thunder Brew Distillery here in Carinus Dunmore. Dust off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of Rhapsody Malt and settle in. It's time for another round of Taverncast with your hosts, Hazros, Cromley, Aloysius and Kern Kater. We'll bring you tools, tips, tales and tricks from the great world of Warcraft. Welcome to Taverncast. My name is Aloysius. This is Kareem Katera. This is Azra. And this is Big Show number 20. XX. XX. Show XX. This is kind of a big show for us because it's... uh, The 20th show? It's the 20th show. And we've done 20 shows. 20 official shows. We've We've actually done like... like, 25 shows. So this is the 20th show. It's the the official. It's the official brand name Taverncast TC20. So we've been around for 20 shows and that's... That's, I like that's something better. that I don't think any of us thought was going to happen when we first started doing the show. So the next show I thought will, so. will be legal. <laughs> well, Ezra's, you thought we so. We can drink it. But you were, <laughs> you were a fan at that point. So you had, like more, you had more faith two, than we so. did in our no, own no, show. No, no, no. I was a fanboy, B-O-I. There's a difference. Oh, you were a fanboy. Did you have one of those little avatars with the like uh-huh. the little goth boy avatars? Yep. Cool. Because they all Listen do. Listen to Avril Lavigne <laughs> and the whole thing. So real quick, so um, any favorite moments from the last 20 shows from people who are on the inside? I, I tend to go back to the pork rind show. Why? I like the pork rind show. I don't know. I thought it was funny at the time. The pork It was the right mix of salty disgustingness and, and humor for me. It was pretty nasty. It was just And none nasty. of us actually ate any. Car- no, Carg ate them. Carg did. But that was, we didn't. None of us tried it. I <laughs> smell it. Yeah, the exactly. smell of it the was The smell bad was enough. horrible. Yeah, they were, they were barbecue pork rinds. But I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We suffered. That there. smell actually tainted that original broadcast room. I had that room, the window open for days. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> it was so gross. But Karg took it with okay. took the pork rinds with him. <laughs> Thank so God. So he must have liked them. Fanboy Azros, go. go ahead. My favorite one would probably be this one because it's my last one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. No, my my first one would probably be Animal Crackers, which will all, will be up there in the annals of comedy. The forever. annals of Why? comedy. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Because it's funny, dude. <laughs> That's why it's in comedy. <sighs> okay, but the other fine. one would probably be um, Spotted Dick Show too. That was pretty funny. That was too. my first official show. That was your first was show. Spotted Dick show was your first show. Wow! Welcome to the like, show. Well, it's my first official show. No, I'm just thinking like we had. Like, I had been on a couple times before that. No, 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 that's right. That was yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy, sorry to be you, huh? Yeah, people like it. I heard. I was talking to somebody today online who said that was their favorite show. Yeah. Said a new I'm in high. touch with the people. I'm Good. in touch with the people. I don't know that I have a favorite show per se. I like the fact that we moved. Favorite moment then. 
been doing all this. It doesn't even have to be <laughs> the, the moment show. when we left that room. <laughs> the moment that we left that cramped the little oven. room, and yeah. we're down here now. But actually, my favorite part of the show now, I would have to say, is the lore. I love the lore. I love reading it. I love listening to it once it gets edited. I just, I love it. It's my favorite. I like thinking about the story and thinking about it because then I've actually got something that I can I can think about when I'm in game and I can apply that way. But just be glad we're not doing the lore. That's all we have. Have you to told say. her yet that we don't put the lore segments in the actual show? I know. What? <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. People will be listening. Oh, no, 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 it's in there. It's what? In there. what? Yeah, and lore. for me, I think I'll just give you a favorite moment because you know I edit all the shows from the last production edit standpoint. Crowley does the pre-edit, and so you know. I like some more than others, but I don't know. They're all pretty good to me. So at any rate, I think my favorite moment of the show was sitting down here doing the Halloween show in Cromley's basement. And there was a moment where we were doing Foley work, which is where you do all the sound effects, is that you what know, we or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so we had, we had Cromley, <laughs> Kern Gutierre, myself, and a local friend down here in his basement with handfuls of boards and pieces of metal and old computer parts and junk and we're screaming murloc noises and throwing junk around his basement this would be his and favorite running around and jumping on chairs and making noises and screaming and then we we kind of all stopped at one point and looked at each other and saw just the absolute lunacy of everybody throwing things around and acting like monkeys making murloc noises and it was so hysterical it was great it was funny We're going with another pre-made drink for show 20. Because it's with- easy. And we're lazy. And it's fantastic. And it tastes good. We went with a, an entire jug, which is now empty, of Yay. Bacardi's zombie party drink. Made it's, of 151 proof rum. Yes, Thank you. it's an exotic and zombies. zombie cocktail topped with 151 rum. It's tasty. Mm, real and it's and bright it's blue. blue. It's beautiful. This is what color zombies are if you squeeze them. I thought blue. Zombie juice. Yeah, I thought zombies were all green inside. Apparently not. Well, you're wrong. Maybe uh, once you mix them with rum, they turn the blue. The undead are green, but zombies oh, yeah. are blue. Undead. Undead. Mm. All right, anyways, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Okay, so we have a special announcement that we're kind of excited to talk to you about. Finally. Um, as of this show, show 20, Taverncast is now officially a part of the PC Gamer Magazine podcast network. Yep. Which is uh, available on the internet through either PCGamer.com or through iTunes or you know other feeders. So who's PC Gamer? Well, PC Gamer basically is one of the leading gaming magazines in the world, definitely in the U.S., they cover all aspects of computer gaming, obviously mainly Windows gaming, and uh, they have a, they have their own podcast. They have an audio and a video podcast, and uh, they contacted us to see if we'd be interested in joining a network they were trying to put together. So this is kind of a new experiment in um, doing this sort of thing. This is certainly one of the first, and so we're really excited about it. All right, so what does this mean to Taverncast? Well, 
It means, first and foremost, the addition of advertisements in about the first one to two minutes of the program. The ads will be about 10 to 15 seconds in length. There'll be about two of them at most. Yeah. Basically, this will allow us to continue to do the show and to defray some of the costs associated with the show, like better equipment, the huge amount of time we put into the show, running the website, that sort of thing. One of the most important things that we're hoping the network will do for us is expand our visibility. Yeah, and this is really the key to to why we we decided to do this. Yeah, this is the exciting part. It's because of PC Gamer's name in the gaming community, how big they are, and the marketing capital they grant us by having us in their network. Well, it means greater visibility because we will be appearing more prominently in iTunes, more reliably, and we will be appearing in their magazine, which is huge. The other thing that we're hoping to benefit from is that we will get some sort of access to the PC Gamer name, if only that we can go up to people like Blizzard and say, we are part of the PC Gamer podcast network. Could we get an interview with a developer or that sort of thing? We're we're hoping that this will make us something other than just another podcast that they probably haven't heard of, because they will have heard of PC Gamer. And what we're really hoping to do is that this will give us some access to more guests to have on the show, more interesting people for you guys to hear interviews with to allow us to continue to to do the show and to add, hopefully, interesting content. Which you will hear part of later on tonight. Yep. Most important thing that you need to understand and that we think you'll be happy about is that there will be no change to the show outside of the addition of those commercials in the beginning and perhaps one of us saying Taverncast's part of the PC Gamer Podcast Network. The show will not change. One of the the things that we worked hard to broker a deal with PC Gamer was to ensure that there would be no tampering with our show, with our style. Our website, with our subscribers' content. With our forums. Uh, We want to be very clear that this is still our show. It's not like we've sold this to PC Gamer and they're going to be running the show. We have clauses in the contract that we can leave the network at any time if we feel like somehow something is going wrong. So, so please don't worry that we're going the wrong way with this. This and will still you, be the same show that you like. Yeah, and if you if you doubt that, we invite you to listen to the next two or three episodes and see how it goes. We yep. pretty much guarantee you that it's not going to change from the way it has been. I think the only change you'll see is the advertising we talked about, hopefully more guests, and hopefully a lot more listeners. However, we did get the one thing from uh, Dan Morris at PC Gamer asking us about the BeerBot. I guess Guinness contacted them and wanted to buy out the BeerBot's time, but Dan Morris felt that maybe BeerBot was a little too well, much Well, the to problem control. is is the BeerBot is really run by on Fat Weasel Ale, which is not made by Guinness. So. It's true. There's that whole there's that whole thing there yeah. between the, yeah, so there's an I advertising be, war with with BeerBot now. I might be run by Guinness, but BeerBot isn't. <laughs> so that's it. That's our announcement about the Taverncast's new status as a part of the PC Gamer Podcast Network. We are already listed as part of the the PC Gamer Podcast Network up on iTunes. That is where you'll currently find us. So I'm going to read through all the uh, people that have donated within the last about three weeks now because we had a, a long period there where we we're having some difficulties technical difficulties so here we go we got newman Errolar, scott puliot robert mccurdy hetzel russ dutcher <laughs> karinia r ryan rod and Irui. kev ruth rishro arganth michael ford andy mann collier robert webb Ferreg, brian tuttle theravin chris newton 
Asatru, John Vicente, Keen, Karapika, Raal, Scott Morse, Wouter Sonnevelt, Eureka J, Von Carson, Richard Jervis, Ornum, Wiley Coyote, who actually appeared in the uh, Halloween episode. As who? As he was the, uh, I believe he was the correspondent from Chicago over the phone. Mm-hmm. I remember right? Oh, yeah. Oh, college buddy. Stephen Hammaker, Adrian Sexton, Chris Casson, Christopher Armstrong, and Ornum, once again, a double donator for the win. We have had an awesome, awesome... Thank you all. My micro-mechanism thanks you. My computer tapes thank you. And I thank you. We've had an awesome bit of contributions there. That was great, guys. That's a goodly amount, and and that's a good thing because we had to buy some hardware to (laughs) hopefully fix our technical problems. So So thank you, donators. That was wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. What did you guys do this week? Well, Eloy fought a uh, epic mob called Apple Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was more like Apple Company. Um, no, we we had a lot of technical problems. Mobs. That's what Eloy was doing. I uh, I did some Scarlet Monastery and some Warsong Gulch with the pod people, and that was a lot of fun. I've been so surprised to see you on there every time I see you. I yeah, just... I've been playing a lot. The Shaman really, I really, I, I wanted to get him to 40 when you get male armor and all that good stuff, and uh, I finally got there. As opposed to female? Yeah, the yeah. female armor on a male troll is just... <laughs> that would look hot in a bikini, though. It really makes your backside look nice. Well, you, you should check out my character more often, man. What mm, What up? Well, I made level 36. Yay! Yay! So you're so one level away from your highest. Level. Exactly, one level away from my At which point you're going to stop and re-roll yet another pre- That's when we're going to re-roll <laughs> on a PvP server. Yeah, you're going to go back to Manoroth. Yeah. Our PvP. PvP. Well, it's, it's fun. Well, I think I saw I it. Yeah, what was Kern, your... Kadir, can you, level for seven. God's sakes, just try once in your life to get to 60? I'm having fun doing this. Actually, I, I think... Um, I do believe Azure was the... a new character, too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. What is Nancy it now? O'Reilly. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> she's a warrior, isn't she? No, she's a female uh, troll shaman. Well, yeah. Nancy O'Reilly? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, this week, I also... Three big things happened to me this week. I got artisan first aid cooking and alchemy. Wow. Wow. Well, in the same week. That's pretty fast, nice. too. Pretty early level. Who's got the leap pants? You got the leap pants. I got the leap pants. Who got the leap pants? You got the leap pants. I got the leap pants. Yeah, it's it was actually really fun because I had some um, some guildies that sent me a couple of items that I needed to finish those quests, um, and um, had somebody run me to Stonard, which is in um, Stranglethorn Vale. Stonard or Stoner? Because Stonard's like Stoner, dude. <laughs> what up? Let's go to Stoner. Some more of my mispronunciation. Stoner, dude. Here we go with the pronunciation. No doubt. We'll toke up and listen to some Ozzy and, and actually, Stoner. It's, it's in the Swamp of Sorrows, too, isn't it? It's not even in Stranglethorn so. Dude, Stoner in the Swamp of Sorrows, where you can listen to some Halloween, dude. Boy, it's a good thing you're not beating that joke to death. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that would be God. terrible. That would be terrible. Anyways, that welcome was, to Terrancast. That was a lot of fun. So. <laughs> no, and I want to I want to give a big uh, props or whatever out to the, the people who were with me in that Warsong Gulch, the hour and a half long Warsong Gulch from hell that we finally lost. Man, I heard we about put up that. a hell of a fight. What so. happened? Tell me about it. I think it. we did a good job. Well, we we were in. I One was, word, turtle. <laughs> <laughs> we were in 40 to 49, and uh, we had a lot of low levels. Like, I, I was level 40. Uh, I think Roxalox was level 41. We had Nihilect, who's 43. So we had a lot of fairly low-level people in there, and then we were up against a fairly higher-level set of Alliance players. But I, I think, all things considered, we did pretty darn good. So. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys win? No, we ended up no. losing. Yeah, but you wasn't it like three to two though. It was yeah, I think it was three to two. Didn't you guys have a, have the whole match run like an hour or more? Yeah, it was an hour and a half long. Yeah. Warsong Gulch. It was, I mean, Which it was, was unheard of. For it was a heck of a Gulch. fight. So I mean, we spent probably there's probably a half hour long bit there where um, our druid was running around with the flag, <laughs> being chased all Say over the Allah. map. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And and we were chasing the the horde guy trying to find him, and it, it was a lot Come of fun. All. I liked it. So. I've been kind of busy too with. We've been starting this nightly instance run thing with the 55 pluses in the pod people. We've had a bunch of new people um, get up to that around there who want to start working on their set pieces and start to do some of the higher level instances and get some of that stuff down. So it's been nice. We finally have some mages and uh, we're getting more warlocks and we got some more priests and uh, got got a new uh, a new druid that we're that we're having fun with. So that's been pretty cool. fun. Excellent. Uh, also. I'm surprised nobody else n- said anything about it. The gates opened oh, yeah. on Whisperwind. Oh, yeah, that was kind of important. And I'm eating crow because I have been I was kind of lukewarm about it, but honestly, it was pretty cool. Really? And while and while I, I can't say that I haven't been in the instances because I have, I pulled a Cromley. <laughs> um, but we went in, there were pickup groups down there the day that the gates opened, and we were killing stuff that was down there. And, um, and then we decided to go in to the 40 man since we honestly had 40 people in our raid and we went in there and the first boss we didn't know how to fight him and <laughs> apparently if you don't mana burn him down he lays an 8k um aoe egg? of nature no just <laughs> the, the egg of death egg. <laughs> it was it, it just it wiped the entire raid group in one fell swoop oh wow. my gosh yeah, he just flew in the middle of us, did this 8,000 right damage, nature damage AoE, and we were all dead. It so, sounds like you guys need some of those nature protection potion things to go in here. Well, we need to have uh, <laughs> a 40-man pickup group. <laughs> yeah, we needed, we needed some smarts, so <laughs> it was, it was kind of hairy. But yeah, I started uh, uh, Shaman Alt and played my warlock up to 36 and just been spending time with the guildies getting them leveled up and getting them geared up cool party on yeah i've got nothing to report at all like like uh krama said i haven't done a darn thing other than try to get computers to work yeah i've done some of that too well you have to have your computer work to play so that's kind of the most important thing learn to play learn to play learn to play
this program to bring you a special news bulletin. It's time for... The News. The News. Terror or Death? Film at 11. Oh, the News! <laughs> <laughs> So, go figure, th- this one even sort of irritates me, and, and I played a Paladin. The Paladin player base is still not happy even after the 1.9 changes. They are still... And this is... I don't know how much this is news, except for I just... You know, I... I the way that, that I usually find news here, at least one of the avenues that I find news, is I go through the weekly Blizzard Blue responses and just try to weed through it and see if they've said anything that's more or less newsworthy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it really is. And, and there is a... a, a Inordinate amount of blue responses this week to yeah, helping the paladins um, because they're still not happy. So here, basically, they they officially are moving to address the class, and they've moved Ionix, who's I guess one of their more preeminent CMs, to to be the new class rep from the priest uh, forums. And he's promising expanded abilities and holy shock and seal of command and so on and so forth. But I guess they're yeah. still not happy. Oh really? <laughs> 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 you know, and and every, I'm sure that's my response. No, I bet you everybody's expecting Eloy to sit here and go, "Well, I think that the Paladins. I mean, you know, they're not perfect, and we need." No, you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say, "Stop your bitching. You got Honest fixed. Yeah. I think we're fine. I don't think we need that much. I, I I'm not I'm not solid on this. There are still some issues, but I mean, every class has got issues. Yeah. Let Blizzard that's move on. Are. Work on other classes. I'm sure they'll get back to you, you gotta eventually. You got to balance the game out in increments. You can't have one that's completely fixed and have other things that still need to be nerfed or buffed or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So and like I said, you know, like I said the last show, they more or less significantly fixed us. <laughs> and if that's not a an answer you can take to do the you bank. Want more conclusiveness I mean, do you want out of that? That is the, the most waffle meister. Concrete baby I have ever heard in my life. More or less significantly crap. <laughs> On the next Tavern cast, he runs for Congress. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I also want to say that more or less significantly, there will be pres- profession bags in 1.10. Profession bags? What does that mean? I don't know. You can carry Azros, professors. what are profession bags? Uh, from what I saw, it sounds like they're putting in bags for those of you who apparently can't manage your inventory well. <laughs> How hard is it to put, oh, here's all my herbs right here, here's all my... Disenchanted stuff Are you right serious? here. That's what they're doing? Now Actually, I need to have a yep. special bag where everything goes in Are there. Are you kidding me? It, now here, it here's makes the, sense with warlocks. Here's okay? the straight skinny: herbalism and enchanting. Those are the two bag types they're going to offer. The recipes are going to be found throughout the world, and the high-end capacity of each of the bags is 24 slots for herbalism and enchanting. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. But I'm you can an herbalist only put that and stuff an alchemist, an herbalist oh and an enchanter, and there are ways that you have to manage your stuff. I and mean, what about the people that are alchemists? They make all these potions to give to people. What about people that are tailors who carry all this stuff around? That's just... What about skinners? They get all the... Blood. What about miners? What about fishermen? What, <laughs> about, what, what about, about all cooks? the pincher claws I get? Eagle. I want a pincher claw bag. What about oh. the people that need to carry 100 stacks of 20 each of wolf legs? Copper. I want a bandage bag. What if you want... collect stacks of rabbit's feet? Okay, now we all sound like a bunch of paladins. <laughs> yeah. 
I, you know what the complaint is going to be after the bags come out? Well, how come it takes up one bag slot? If I have to lose a bag just to get another bag, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I want an extra bag slot. The next thing, it's it's going to be like it's going to be like Star Wars Galaxies. I'm a veteran. I should get this, and the other people shouldn't get that because I'm a veteran. I'm level sixty. I should be able to put a bag of holding in my head. <laughs> Yeah. Explain, <laughs> or explain. other cavities. I should be able to carry a bag in my skull! Okay, expl <laughs> explain something to me here. When you guys, when the warlocks got the shard bags, right. the shard bag took the place of one of your other bags, correct? Correct. Right. So, yeah, it's like an ammo bag for a hunter. Right, so these new profession bags, well, so I've, I've never rolled a hunter, so all these new profession bags are actually just going to take the place of one of the current bags? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. do anything for well, anybody. Actually, I mean, it's like, no, what it does is it gives you extra slots. Yes, That's does. the only thing. Yeah, so that and has I don't, to be said. I don't like these because it's for second. It's for professions. It's not for your class. Like yeah. quivers make sense because you're a hunter. That's what you do. You know. It, same thing with a shard bag. You needed to be able to manage those and don't as much as as many shards as you're taking and using and whatever. That needed a serious management overhaul, which yeah. the well, shard and bag. You have did. to have the shard. I basically. think paladins right. need bags for mana potions, health potions, <laughs> uh, speed potions, invisibility potions. For all their uh, hearthstones <laughs> and their shield <laughs> stones. Their... <laughs> all the pirate hats. Well, you wait, wear. then rogues need them for uh, flash powder and poison. Oh, okay, no, really. that's semi-legitimate. <laughs> they don't need them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that that would no, make sense. Really <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I don't think I would do this anyway. So why would I don't see the point of using up a bag slot to get one with maybe two more slots? Because it's twenty-four slots as a maximum. Well, that's, that's what you said as a maximum. Though. Yeah, but you know, but the, the maximum right now is what sixteen. Yeah, so, but still, that's yeah. that's a that's a whole. Are there eighteen? Eighteen slot bottomless bags. Yeah, but I just can't imagine that I'm going to spend enough time on herbalism. To... You know what? Honestly, I'm I my herbalism is up to about two seventy, and I mean I can't speak authoritatively because I'm not three hundred. But what I'm saying is that I've got. <laughs> and you're not right. level sixty either. You're so level you're 60 damn right. Even so actually, show? why don't you just shut up and stop talking about it then? Because we're mutant you now. Why don't you kiss my ass? <laughs> Here's a spoon. Ooh. On the next Dabbert case. <laughs> Here's a spoon. There... What up now? <laughs> What what I'm saying is is that I've got a bag I've got two bags that are taking up both of my bank slots in the bank that are full of nothing but herbs to be able to make potions for lower level guildies because the the high end stuff that I have now I don't have the ability to go to these places and get them and they're they're too sparse anyway so here I've got um, two sixteen slot bags that I have to go to the bank to get and so I can understand why a twenty four slot just for herbalism alone would be helpful but I mean. Do you know there are some countries in the world where if you told the authorities that you had two 16-slot bags full of herbs sitting in the bank, you could be in prison? <laughs> Unless it's a Swiss sage. Bank, in which case you could okay. It's Italian seasoning. <laughs> it's cumin. Wait, that's not a herb. Parsley. Tea. Okay, so now that um, some other classes have been adequately dealt with and the paladins are crying and upset and drowning in tears it looks like mages so are new? up for the talent review next cool. i can't i can't Why say not? i don't know enough about mages do i don't know if they really need it i didn't know if priests really need it. i mean I, I play i have a mage who's 37 so i can't speak authoritatively do you know what i don't think it's about whether they quote unquote oh really need it or not but it, it's it's about that blizzard continues to refine the classes and yeah. it, it, you know i'm just i'm just afraid that it that you know they mess with it too much you know, it's like I've I've seen too many MMOs where they had a good basis starting out with, and then based off of player feedback, aka whiners on the boards, 
that it kind of got just kind of mucked up because they thought about it too much rather than. This just is kinda... honestly my concern with the Paladins. That's honestly why I'm just yeah. like, will you guys stop? Because, I mean, granted, I think we had legitimate concerns. I really did, and I said as much. But after 1 9 and after looking at that stuff, and granted, I'm not playing it every day, so I guess. I guess I'm not able to authoritarian well, but you haven't speak been on it. the core seven times. Yes, I haven't. I haven't used my one nine talents in the greater blessings yet. So therefore, but I mean, come you don't on. know nothing. But you gotta, yeah. honestly though, to think about it though, it, this game is something that's evolving and changing. As they brought in Scarlet Monastery after after people wanted something, they brought in Dire Mall. Now they've got AQ. They're the 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 game is constantly growing yeah. and changing, and they're going to need to change the player classes as such to be able to in, to be able to grow with the game so i think that these constant upgrades and changes to the classes are necessary um i think it's only natural that people are going to complain when things change people everyone complains when everything changes in the world when they're not used to it so yeah. it's I, I i think these are natural responses i do i think that blizzard's response to what the paladins are saying is undue and overdone maybe maybe not but i think that it's it's a, a legitimate thing that they've got to look through well, and the other thing is, there's something to be said for the fact that Blizzard is actually responding to players. That's true. Yeah. There are other games yeah, out yeah. there that just totally ignore them. So. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing and that's a bad thing. Yeah, though. yeah, it's it's a delicate balance, but. Yeah. Double-edged sword. No, I, you're, both of you have got good points. It's a delicate double-edged sword of the It's board. more or less significantly, significantly a, a double-edged double sword. sword. It's yeah. one and more a half or less. More or less. I've been waiting so long. Okay, here's something that uh, is, is kind of cool. 1.10 improvements in items and drop rates are coming to Strat, BRDs, Scalo, Elbers, and Ubers. Cool. Uh, basically, what they're going to do is they're just going to change up the loot tables in those uh, early instances. They're going to have uh, less greens, more blues, and here's the cool stuff. They're announcing a sample of stuff that's coming. They're not saying that this is inclusive or that this is the only thing they're doing, but they're saying there's... It's a, more or less significantly in there? It, right. More or less significantly, they are <laughs> releasing an eight-piece set for Warlock, Mage, and Priest for really? that class, hmm. which is geared towards PvP, uh, and it's going to be added to the loot tables. And Wait, is it a set for those three, or is it three sets for each one of those? It's, it's a set for those three. Sweet. It's prime. I looked at it today. That I didn't. I didn't cool. copy down the stats for the show because we're not about reading tons and tons of stats all the time here. But it's always exciting. Um, yeah, Thirty int and twenty stamina, and <laughs> the set piece has twenty-five stamina and twelve int. It's no, no, I thirteen. Cool down is point four two seconds. Fifty on your of fifty durability. Mana. No, it's yeah. It's for all three of those classes. So you can see the. That's a warlock set. No, that's a priest item. I can roll a, on it. No. I'm a hunter. Hunter item. I'll hunter roll item. on all of them. Everything's a hunter item. It's more or less significantly a hunter item. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the news. That's the it. News. That's it. That's all there is. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Ah, I've been waiting for a real challenge. Ah, they of life. Life, give me strength. Ah, ah. Alright everybody, we are going to talk quest log today. The quest that I'm covering is one that I actually just finished with my Horde character. 
This is a horde quest called Into the Scarlet Monastery, which is a level 42, labeled level 42 dungeon quest, which starts from Veramothris, who is in the royal quarter of the Undercity. Now, there is a similar quest on the Alliance side, which is a level 40 quest called In the Name of the Light. It starts with Rally, from Rally the Devout in the South Shore Inn. And that's, again, Alliance side, but I'm not going to cover Alliance side. This is only Horde, so you that's Horde right, players, listen up. They're both kind of similar, anyways, in all reality. Oh, yeah. By similar, you mean same. More I less, mean more or less significantly. significantly the same. The same. <laughs> 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 so, Mathras is the big winged horn dude standing on the altar next to Sylvanas Windrunner the Banshee in the Undercity in the Royal Quarter, which is a lower left-hand corner of the outer ring of the Undercity. Um, you get it from him, and he's going to direct you to the monastery, the Scarlet Monastery. Um, if you go out of the uh, front door of Lord Aaron and make a right, you'll see a little camp there, and then you make a left up this almost like a two-track road. It'll take you right to the Scarlet Monastery. There's a meeting stone there, so if you're going there as a horde, you don't have a group, you can hit the meeting stone. Has anybody actually used the I've never stone? had a meeting stone. Have you ever used the I haven't stone? because I've always been in big guilds, but I know there are a lot of players out there that aren't guilded, yeah. so that might be helpful for them. I've had a lot of people that have whispered me randomly asking if I want to go to Scarlet Monastery just because I happen to be in the zone. I think they just a pet yeah. peeve of mine. Well, no, they just yeah. use Slash U and they see what you know, know. similar level range is. And they say, hey, we need a priest. still annoying, you know? Yeah, well, definitely. You need tank, lol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need life, lol. Anyway, so... Whoa. <laughs> she brought <laughs> So anyway, so if you run up the two road track and you pass the pass the meeting stone, you get to the end of the road, you make a right, and you're gonna go up to the, toward the Scarlet Monastery. There are some level 30-ish melee and caster mobs in the yard, and they can sometimes drop an interesting green here or there. But those are kind of the levels that you're gonna see when you get up there. So those you, are elites, yeah. Too. They're all elites they are. too. Yeah, they FYI. are. If you go up, you get into a little, almost like a little alcove for the monastery, and then you have to turn right and go up the stairs, and then you're gonna be in kind of what I like to call the lobby of the monastery. There's actually <laughs> four separate instances in Scarlet. Scarlet Monastery. Um, four instances. Four, 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 four instances, instances in one. one. No, um, no, four and four. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna be using three of the four instances in this in this quest. The the goal of the quest, what it says is to you've got to kill four mobs, four named mobs. The first is Houndsmaster Loxie, who is a Houndsmaster. Hey. <laughs> And he's, he's in the, the library. master of the hounds, right. to be he's, more specific. He's in the library section <laughs> of Scarlet Monastery, which is the first instance you're going to go into. To get there, you go into the Scarlet Monastery and you make a right. It's the very first instance on your right. It's a, one of those spinning toilet bowl kinds of things. Toilet bowl swirlies. Toilet bowl swirlies. Yeah. Um, there are some mobs in the lobby that you're going to have to clear out, but if you have a group of five, you can do that. Scarlet Monastery on the website from WoW is advertised as a ten-man instance. You know, that that's but bizarre. I've only ever played it with five. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to take ten, go for it. At five, you get really good experience and better it chance of all the It says it's dungeon. Us. I know. It's so. it's funny that they would say it's ten, man, because I've never seen it run ten, man. I know. Has anybody here ever Are there any others man? that we're thinking of as five that might be... Maybe ten is, is the maximum for a normal five, man. What we think of as five, Well, man. think about, like, uh, Zulferic. Yeah. I've never done Zulferic or Sunken Temple as a ten, man. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you you could. I bet you that's the minimum. I, I don't know. I never tried. Maximum. Yeah. I'm well, just so lead. I don't need 10 minutes. With fewer I players, you're yeah. going to get better experience and better chance <laughs> in the drop. So, you know, rules of five really actually work really well. Yeah. So you go into the Scarlet Monastery, and the first instance you do for this is the library where the, the Hound's Master is. He is in one of the rooms off of the courtyard in the library. And the... The first and the third instance I'm going to talk about here are very similar. You go through some, some long hallways with 
three to four to five mobs in it, and then you get to a larger room or an area where you have to clear it out, and you go through another set of hallways, then a larger area, another set of hallways. The Houndsmaster is actually in one of the rooms off of the courtyard of the library. So if you get into the courtyard, you clear it out with all the dogs, and he's in a room that's all the way on the right in the back. The best way that I've found with the groups that I've gone through to do this is to have the have a couple of rogues. If you have a couple of rogues or a couple of really strong um characters that way that can sap him sap him because he's got three hounds with him that are pretty yeah. high level pretty, pretty it can be significant. tricky it can be very yeah. tricky at that level exactly so you want to kill him and get that part of the quest now you can't just leave at that point unfortunately you need to go to the end of the library the reason is is at the very end arcanist Dome is the is the last boss there he drops some really fat loot but the cool thing in addition to that is in the back of his room after you kill him there's a box that has the scarlet key in it and you need the scarlet key to get into the other two instances in scarlet monastery or rogue who can pick the lock you also need the scarlet key to get in parts of um the live side of Stratholm later on once you're in your high 50s oh good to know i have not been into Stratholm, so that's good to know thank you going back to uh arcanist don he's he's a real pain in the ass isn't he he is he's he's an angsty guy he shouts a lot of really (laughs) cheesy if every you 10 minutes someone comes through and kills you. These blah, 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 blah. Don is a pain in the butt. He's like he's like Mr. Like, uh, he's in a big circular room. He wanders around in by himself Lots all day books. long in the room, waiting for he'll you to show up you. and kill the guy. Yeah. And so he'll sheep you and he'll... Ugh. What he does puts, he do all day? He puts day? you to sleep. There's books, books in there. The he reads. It's, it's really weird. I anyway, like people who read all the, the time. The cool they thing that Arcanist Stone drops, though, he drops <laughs> the illusionary rod. And for a lot of casters, that is a major, major weapon that you hang on to for still have it equipped. many levels. So that's a big thing. I think um, a lot of people keep that equipped in, into their 60s. I've actually got it listed here. It's a BOP item. It's 194 to 142 damage. Um, it's got a plus 7 to stamina, plus 15 to intellect, and plus 10 to spirit. So it's like a wicked, it's bad. It's got some wicked nice staff. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's a good thing that. to have. I'll, I'll drink to that too. Cheers. Um, so Cheers. once you kill Arcanist Doan and you get the key and you get hopefully win the role in the Illusionary Rod, you bust your butt out of library... And you go into the next instance, which is next to that, which is the armory. Again, Ugh. you'll need the key to open that up. Never liked that one. I have only run it a couple times, and I really don't mind it at all. Well, I mean, I, I like I the whole. It. I like the whole Scarlet Monster. I think it's one of the better instances in the game. The, the, the so easy instances. to pull multiple groups. Yeah, but the armory is not wiped. my favorite part. Anyways, yeah. continue. The, the the key to the armory is going through systematically because it's it, it again is a series of, of hallways, but they're winding hallways. So if you don't clear a mob and if you don't pull them back to you, if you just kind of blaze on through you really could aggro everything and wipe very easily. Well, that's the one where the mobs are off to the left and right of you in some cases, too, Correct. right? In separate rooms? Correct. Yeah. In through here, about halfway, you have an option to be able to get some fireworks. So make sure that you roll your, scroll your mouse over all of the um, contraptions on the side where the, where the all yeah. the... Uh, their barrels. Yeah, the weapons are. You'll see barrels and stuff. This is the one fireworks. where the room, it's kind of like an S-shaped... Yes. Uh, passageway, yep. and you'll see there's a wall blocking your path on one side, yeah. and there's a bunch of cannons in that in that area, yep. and cannonballs, and it's back in there where the fireworks are. Yeah, yep. kinda... just, so just check, make sure you're rolling over stuff like Kern Kater is saying, and you'll see them. Yeah, they're kind of fun to get. Once you get through this, the very last room is is the uh, the end of the armory is where Herod is. Herod is the the other the second mob you need to kill for this quest. Blazing light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hearing that. Waiting all show to get that. Yeah. Out. He's he's a he's a little weird. But if you walk into the room, who Azros or Herod? Herod. Both. <laughs> More than a little weird. <laughs> the cool thing about this room, and I just actually wanted Blazing to light. stand there and look in the room for a minute because it's so cool. When you walk in, it's all kind of this golden maze color, and the 
steps go down and they come back up and they're all it's circular statues yeah statues all around you and they're really pretty it, it the story behind the scarlet monastery is that these are humans that locked themselves in when the scourge came through and they hate everything that isn't another them, scarlet monastery person another per- person them right but if you think about it i mean it's so egotistical to be standing here in this room thinking that you're the you know the most awesome thing with all these all these statues around Anyway, That's kind of what I do. Getting more into the lore, but anyway. actually, like what I do every in the Scarlet Monastery, there actually are no other race but human, right? Is yeah. it all Correct. human? It's all yep. it's all human. So they're like the Nazis. They're right. like they don't even racist. like other humans that come in from outside, which is why humans can actually run the alliance quests in here. Is because you know if you're not if you're not yeah red, they don't like anybody. Yeah, if you're yep. if you're not Scarlet, you're but, you're not pimp. It's good to know a lot of this stuff too because it it also plays in with like I said earlier with Strath. the live side of Strathmore. Right. It definitely does with the. Whole, with the whole series of, of what's going on in there and the end bosses that you fight in there, too. Actually, there's a whole section, too, in uh, Tears Hand in uh, Western. Is it Western? Western, Eastern Playlands. What's the... I, is it Eastern play, Playlands where Tears Hand is? I, I think it's Eastern, yeah. Okay, and that that's all uh, Scarlet people, too, isn't it? Yeah, and there's some even in there's Western Playlands. There's tons of Scarlet. Yeah, scarlet yeah. so the Scarlet in, people in are kind of all over the See, map. See, so you're learning the importance of lore. I'm so proud of you guys. The importance of Well, they're, they're, so, they're so driven to fight the the undead that they're just kind of consumed by it as, and then there's the Argent Dawn who are kind of keeping themselves in check I think yeah. Yeah. and the Argent Dawn are actually a cross faction so yeah True. right well here's the thing about the army here's the killer about the end of the armory once you get in there you want to make sure everybody is really healthed up and buffed before you start killing Herod because when you kill Herod he's, <laughs> he's running around he's blades of light and all the crap that he says but then after he dies there is this gaggle, and I mean literally a gaggle, <laughs> a gaggle. of level technical 30 scarlet trainees that rush you. I mean, I want to all his little like, friends. Yeah, it's like his hair. Thirty of them. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit. Uh, yeah, disturbing. it can be overwhelming. So if you don't know that it's coming, it's a Prime good thing your to mage. do. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, AOE! Stand up on the stand up on the sides and make sure that you've got enough room because they will they will bum rush you. The good news is there's like thirty of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah and the good news is is that they're they're all lower level than what you're. They're all in their thirties and they're not um, elite and they're not elites. They're normal, right? right. Uh, a, you know, good, a good mage too. with AOE will be able to drop them. Um, if you, if and they all drop, like, two copper. If yeah. you go in there and you stealth... Like, I've done this with my level 60 rogue when I was waiting to get into all track Valley, but you go in there, sneak in there, kill Herod, and then vanish, and they'll all come in, they'll come troop it down, and they'll all just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what to do, because they're not there. So it's pretty funny. That's awesome. Cool. So you've, so you've killed Herod, you've got two of the bosses down, now you've got to go to the cathedral. The cathedral is the third instance in the Scarlet Monastery, and it is next to the armory. So from right to left, when you're in the lobby of the cathedral, you've got library, armory, and then cathedral. It's another locked door that you will need the Scarlet Key for. This is probably the most part challenging part of Scarlet Monastery because these mobs are highest in level of all of the of all of the instances. Um, they also tend to group a lot more. Um, they also have a, lot, a wider wandering path. There's a huge courtyard in the center of the cathedral that actually leads you into the actual cathedral part, and they've got long, winding, wandering paths. So if you don't have a good group with good group and dynamics that can pull and sap and kill, you can really wipe very easily. Actually, that is one of the first places that I can think of in the game that really teaches you about ads oh, yeah. Yeah. and the danger oh, yeah. the danger of ads and how easy it is to get ads mm-hmm. uh, is, is that area right there. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're clearing out the cathedral yeah. itself. There's others within the Scarlet Monastery that are tough, but that cathedral, that opening there, that courtyard, mm-hmm. it can be brutal if you just go in there thinking that they're not going to come at you. Yeah. They if will. you are a hunter or warlock, keep your pet in check. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. oh, yeah. Well, sure. you learn that real quick. 
and they love casters. They love healers. So priests, you're gonna want to hang hang back a little bit and do your healing from behind because that's that's really the best the best way to do it. Healers here. do it from behind. Healers always do it from behind. <laughs> no, rogues do it from behind. Pets, oh, hunters do it with their pets. Yeah. Anyway, so the the cathedral starts very similar to the armory and the library where you've got a couple long winding halls with three to five mobs in them. Then you get into the main courtyard area and the courtyard is huge. You want to clear off the the areas that are surrounding the actual grass first and then go forth. You're gonna go up some stairs and around the corner you don't have to clear the entire courtyard for example the four or five times that i've run it so far i've only ever cleared one side of it unless you're looking for you know extra xp or extra coin or whatever you've only got to clear maybe three quarters of that courtyard can i um, interject a, a good tip here for the sure. courtyard stay in the fountain stay in move the fountain. your groups through and forward through the fountain right which is at the center of the courtyard yeah so just walk through the water yep that way you won't have to uh, you won't have to worry about the, the aggro radius because yep. the because the mobs don't get anywhere close to that. So then you can you, you can pick your pick your mob and pull them to you. You still have to clear to and avoid adds to get to the fountain, but once you're in the fountain, it's a little easier to move forward. Right. Yeah. Very good point. Of now course. we're talking about the cathedral. Uh, once you clear the courtyard, you get up to the the actual steps of the cathedral itself, and there are four mobs up there that you'll need to kill. Four or six mobs up there you'll need to kill. Once you do that, you open the doors to the cathedral and you look in, and there are a ton of <laughs> mobs that are kneeling <laughs> in devout prayer that seem almost oblivious to what you're doing. By the way, one of the mobs that rushes you at that point, one of the scarlet mobs, has the old-style Lightforge helmet on. The Lightforge armor set that is for paladins has the old-style helmet oh, really? on that has, like, the Viking wings or whatever oh, on the helmet, yeah. which used to make the paladins look halfway cool until they gimped it with the Ronald McDonald uh, <laughs> hat. So just, just FYI, which if made you, you want to see right? the old hotness versus the new lameness, you can check it out. So what's your Scarlet opinion? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good to know. I, I wasn't aware yeah. of that. And it's too bad you can't loot it off them because those Scarlet those Scarlet monks have some pretty cool Fez hats that I really want to wear, but you can never, you can never get them off the suckers. Yeah, the guys have them. the Pope hats there too. Yeah, the Pope yeah. hats. And I can't think what they're called, but uh, the Pope hat. The, the Pope guys, uh, the Scarlet Pope guys, or something, or abbots. Abbots. Yeah. That's right. The yeah, the abbots have the big uh, Pope hats. Right. <laughs> pope hats. That's the So getting term. back to clearing the cathedral here. <laughs> you clear the stairs. I'm, I'm just sitting here in awe. <laughs> of what? It's, After it's, our five-minute discussion on hats, we're turning yeah. into zombies here. So so you clear. You clear the four to six mobs that are standing in front of the cathedral doors. You open the cathedral doors, and this is going to be key. You are going to have either your tank or someone go in and pull mobs one by one. It's very important to pull them one by one and pull them back to the doors because the aggro radius, once one is pulled, is so large that you can get the whole group of, like, 20 rushing at you at once. And that's bad. Yeah, it's like six miles. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's like six miles. <laughs> yep. That's so, exactly what it is. Exactly. And there are mobs <laughs> right down the center of the cathedral. There are mobs to either side of the cathedral. And then there are two wings down either side. So you're going to do this very systematically. What seems to work pretty well is to get half the mobs down in the center and then work on the ones on the wings. Finish that, and you want to stay away from the altar at the center of the cathedral. The altar at the center of the cathedral is where one of the main bosses is. If he sees you, he will yell, and all of the remaining mobs in the cathedral will come and burn you. you Thankfully, though. What kind of message is this that Blizzard is sending? Go into the church, kill all, and stay away from the altar. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, though, he doesn't see very far. No, he doesn't. So <laughs> as you're in there ganking his entire congregation, yeah. he won't notice unless you get about, you know, just like in a away. real church. I mean, <laughs> He's I didn't say that. He's blinded by the light. 
So you've killed everyone in the main cathedral. You go off to the wing on the right, and you can kill a couple of the mobs there. Then work your way around the front of the altar to the left. Kill the mobs there, and there are a couple of rooms full of them there. And then come back and take care of Scarlet Commander Mograine, who is the third named boss. Now, you've got one named boss left. What happens here is once Mograine dies, the... High Inquisitor White Mane, who is this crazy wench, starts running out at you. And she will put everyone to sleep. I think they're married. She will resurrect him, and then they'll start fighting. So you have to kill them again. Yeah, kill her first. Kill her first. Kill him, then kill her, and then kill him again. Does everybody have that straight? (laughs) Does it make sense? Him... Then her. Eloy looks confused. Then oh, no, again. that's how you know where it looks. Alrighty, so, and there's lots of cheesy voiceovers. You're going to hear, rise, my captain, and all this other bullshit that she's going <laughs> to say. Can you imagine what these two are like in private? I mean, <laughs> rise, my I'm captain. I'm just saying. Ride <laughs> me, my champion. Okay, you got you got two zealously <laughs> religious people steed? in a closed compound. They're sworn to celibacy. Get your mind out of the gutter. All I'm saying is Herod's got like 30 people that run down. Who knows what they got going on. Oh. Oh, no. By the time you get this done, this usually takes quite a while, you will have respawns outside of the cathedral making your way back down. A lot of times, the groups that I've been with, we've all just kind of stoned ourselves to the Undercity and just hearth back there. If you want to, you can run through the fountain and not aggro anything, and then just hope to God you can run all the way out without aggroing anything if you want to just get out of there. Because the cathedral does take a bit of a bit of time to finish. Yeah. Um, By the way, if you're a paladin, the uh, Morgrain and her husband chick dude whatever he is they they drop some pretty <laughs> fat paladin here huh oh, do they, they drop a good they they drop a good mace they drop some good plate yeah see yeah. i wasn't focused so much on the loot that was dropped from the mobs here this is just more about actually finishing the quest and what the what the I'm loot just was letting the quest. peeps know yeah eloy you you loot whore segment? that's fine loot whore eloy so once you kill all four of these suckers, you make your way back down to the Undercity, to Veramathras, the winged demon, in the Royal Quarter. And he gives you an option to pick one of three things. Um, the first one is Cash a Sword of Omen, which is a one-hand sword. It's 39 to 74 damage. And it's pretty cool. It it's, looks cool, too. It looks it's got cool. a good a, uh, pattern on it. Plus good nine texture. strength, plus three agility, and plus four for stamina, which is pretty good. Um, the second one is an offhand item. It's called the Prophetic Cane. It's got plus five, plus five to stamina, and plus twelve to intellect. That's actually what I chose because I've got an I've got a um a one-handed mace that has a healing buff that I'm using right now. And then the last one is a neck item. It's the dragon's blood necklace, and that has plus twelve stamina and plus five spirit, um, which is pretty cool too. So those are the three things you can get, and it's a it gives you a pretty fair amount of, of XP. But you know, running the, the monastery by itself and killing all those mobs is going to get you a lot of XP too, because they're all elites and you're only running with five people. So it was a lot of fun running that running that quest, and I actually got a, quite a few guildies that I'm helping with um with it still. You like the Scarlet Monastery? I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. It's too. fun. The lore behind it is really cool, and I'm I'm really liking it. So I got a question for you guys. Yeah. In the same thing, I don't know if anybody knows, but what there is, if if you're in the cathedral and you're standing at the altar, right? Hang a right. There's there's a, basically a tease at the cathedral, right at mm-hmm. the altar. If you if you hang a right there and you go down the hall and go all the way to the end. Make a left into that room down there and kind of follow it around. Yeah. In the back a room. room back yeah, there, there's an undead uh, caster. It's like yeah. locked up in that back room. What's that for? Does anybody know? I think you have to kill him for something, don't you? You do. I think it's for a quest, but I don't know what quest it's for. Yeah, me neither. 
I don't. I don't think I've ever had the quest. I don't know and... what no, the I name haven't. of the guy is, and I don't remember it. Yeah. Thoughtbot no, time. Know. If there's anybody who who knows what that quest is for, go ahead and put it up in the forums. We would love to hear it. All right, Arathi Basin Part 2. Got a lot of good feedback on the first one. I appreciate everybody getting a hold of me with that. Um, what lie, I want to talk about... All right, nobody liked it. Nobody <laughs> told me I suck. <laughs> Next. Like I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> More or less significantly a bad segment. <laughs> um, but we're all about repeating those. So. Right. So this week is quests and strategy. And the quest part is relatively short because as far as from asking people who have done the second one, I haven't done the second one, but there are only really two quests that you can do, and they're not even really exciting. They're nowhere as exciting as the uh, Ultrac Valley ones. All they really are is have to do with capping different points and yeah. um, being part. So I'm not even going to really cover those. It's it's more or less significantly boring. What I want to talk about is a strategy because strategy is what wins the game since it's it's so it's so short sometimes, and your group makes a difference. So oh, yeah. the 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 first one I want to talk about is five capping is what they call a five capping, and that is a very very rare occasion where they when they call capping when you hit one of the different nodes and you're able to to capture the flag at that different node, or when you get a cavity, right, or when some gangster rolls up next to you and caps. <laughs> One of the best strategies out there is to try, try and do a 5-cap. And if you're able to do a 5-cap, the game will be over in about a minute and a half. Not really. But um, if you're able to do that and you can outman and, and outgun and outdo the other team, that's pretty good. The best way to do that is just to have really geared out people split up and go. And you can have three people go to each one of them. And if they're good enough and work well enough and they can fight off whoever's trying to defend you might be able to do it, but it's really hard to pull off. The The best strategy to do is three capping, <clears throat> where you're able to send five people to each node, and you have them defend. Um, for the horde side, normally you go to the lumber mill, to the farm, and either the blacksmith or mine, and if you're alliance, you do the stables, the mine, and either blacksmith or lumber mill, from what I've seen. And that way, if one of them gets rushed, you're able to pull people from another one to go help, and then they can go back to whichever one that they're on. And the best way that I've seen do that is the raid leader designates different people for different groups. So they try to balance each group out and say, okay, group one, you're on mill. Group two, you're on farm, etc., etc. So that's the best thing to do. As far as overall winning strategy, that's the one that I've seen work the best. I've also seen some groups try to do a, a dedicated offense and defense strategy where they'll cap and then they'll have either uh, a rogue or, say, a night elf, shadow meld, or whatever at each one of them. Mm -hmm. So they're able to, to kind of spot out if there's anybody incoming and have everybody else move as one team just ninjaing each one of the other, or, or zerging, as they call it, to each one of the other um, nodes. But how does that get you forward at all? All you're doing is killing them when they're coming to you. How does that move you forward at all? Well, let's say you capture the one closest to your base, which is 
um, the stables for Alliance or the farm for the Horde. So you have that one. And then from there you leave, say, like one person, like I said before, at at that one to, to kind of watch it and guard it and let people know if they see anybody incoming. And then the entire group moves to the mine and they obliterate everybody at the mine. And then they move to the next one together and they obliterate the team, whatever it is. Let's say the Alliance is doing a three cap and they have five people at each of the nodes that they're trying to control. If you move 12 people, you just roll them over. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real offensive strategy, and that's one of the most aggressive ways to do it. Again, it takes a lot of coordination to pull that off. There's also a way to, as there is in uh, Alterac, to ninja, where you just run into um, an undefended base, you cap it, and then you leave. So you try to keep it and go from there. That's pretty hard to do yeah, unless they're unless they're doing dedicated offense. Yeah, it's pretty hard to pull off, but. Um, normally, if you if someone's doing if a team's doing dedicated offense and um, hunters doing um, uh, eagle eye from one point, they can pretty much see over the entire map. If they can tell that the entire group is moving, the hunters can tell you know three or four people if they see him moving from the stables to the mine or something like that. Say okay, um, let's ninja the stables while they're moving on the mine. Keep them keep them busy there while we try That's to ninja the stables. Yeah, so. Those are, those are the strategies that I've seen that kind of work the best. Normally the strategy that I see is a bunch of idiots fighting about who knows best. <laughs> no, uh, somebody say saying that. that we need to cap this one, say somebody else one saying strategy. no. Welcome to Battlegrounds, right. period. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I so, can't believe you just did that, you noob. Yeah, you nub. Listen You're the to worst me, PvP I'm level ever. 60. <laughs> and then you hear a lot of, man, I hate rogues, man, I hate insert class here. Yeah. But... Also, what plays a big role in Arathi Basin is class roles. Um, knowing how your character functions well in PvP and in whether you're more suited for offense or for defense. Wanted to do a quick overview on each one. As a hunter myself in, here, in these, I know that I'm pretty... The, the best thing that I can do is be a spotter. Either have tracking on or use Eagle Eye, like I said, to keep an eye on what's going um, on to the entire map. As a hunter, the best thing that you can do is control the lumber mill and stand up on the lumber mill and from there, if you have a good video card at least, <laughs> you can use eagle eye from almost anywhere in the map and you can get a good view of what's going on at any of the five points. The mine's a little bit harder to do since it's kind of recessed. you got to turn your far clip all the way up to be able to do that? Eh, it, d it depends. It depends on lag, it depends on a lot of different things, but I haven't had a lot of problems in there since there's really only 30 people. So, um, you can see the, the blacksmith from standing up there, of course, you can see the lumber mill, you can um, check out, you know, the two um, bases as well to see who's spawning and stuff like that, so that's a good place to be as a hunter. Um, it, you're, you're pretty hard because it's a pretty up close and personal, when, when somebody's coming to fight, it's hard for hunters to get range. Um, their pets can do some things, and they can do volley to keep people off off the flag, but that's about it. Um, for the horde side, shamans are kind of the leaders of the charge, <laughs> them and warriors, where they just kind of DPS the crap out of everybody. They lay totems, <laughs> they heal, they do everything. Right. Um, I've seen shamans who <coughs> have wind fury on, just DPS away rogues and everything else. Oh, yeah. So believe me, I've been on the other end of that. <laughs> right. The receiving um, end of that. Yep. Yeah. Paladins are good for shielding those that are trying to cap the flag. They're good for healing. Not anymore. And they're, also, they're broken right. after one point. Yeah. They're so broken. <laughs> okay, thanks, bye. 
Um, they're also good if they're retribution spec for just going in and assaulting. I've seen some paladins just <laughs> Thorbo <laughs> just go through and just <laughs> totally destroy some some people at um, you know one paladin could take on two or three um, horde that may be defending a base. So they're they're pretty good multi role that way, but they're also good for for defense as well. Priests. Depending on holy spec or shadow spec, I've seen shadow spec just completely decimate a base mm -hmm. just with their damage, and I've also seen them doing a really good job of support role for healing. Again, the priest role in, in there, as far as I know, I'd love to hear some, some of the higher level priests that have been out there talk about that, but the ones that I've seen that have done the best really have just been sticking with the group, keeping an eye on them, and making yeah. sure that you know those who are capping are healed, um, that they're shielded, and stuff like that. So... Um, that's pretty good. Druids, normally I see them in cat form. They just go in and damage and damage and damage. Um, they they can stealth through and be good for ninjing. They can um, be good at scouting as well. Warriors are... The warriors that I've seen have, have mainly been there to keep people busy while someone tries to cap the flag. You know, they'll they'll keep fights going or they'll taunt, you know, try to taunt pets away or, or do things like that just to try to keep people... Um, seriously, just try to keep them busy while they while they cap the flag. And mages do what mages do best, which is just deep in DPS the <laughs> hell out of everybody and um, polymorph you polymorph you when you try to cap the flag. So, um, if anybody has any, you know, if the, as a, as a role, you know, I'd love to hear what you see and what you've done in Arathi Basin and try to shed some light on different class roles. Go ahead and let us know in the forums. And uh, next show, I'm going to go through and talk about reputation and rewards. Six foot four and full of muscles. I said, Do you speak my language? Yeah, he just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. I said, I come from a land down under. The beard is flowing, then chunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Hey, this is Ginsu. This is Viserine. This is Agata. And this is Zebros. The Australian Tavencrust crew are backed by popular demand. And the first thing we'd like to do is congratulate Tavencrust for dinging 20. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Okay, um, the topic we're covering tonight is a little bit technical by comparison to some of the other topics discussed on Tavencast, but we had to do it. So if this is boring, just listen to the Australian accents and switch off. We're going to have a bit of a discussion on the technical aspects of how to get the best from World of Warcraft. We have a few different areas of expertise. Agata is going to do the high-end PC perspective. Ginsu has kindly offered to do the low-end PC perspective, which he assures us he's an expert on, aren't you, Ginsu? Because my computer is horrible. Mac a block of cheese with a pencil in it would be better. Yeah, except the resolution would be lower. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the um, resident Mac expert, and Viserine is going to chip in and say, crikey, at well-defined intervals. Right, Viserine? No, I'm just here for my good looks. 
Okay, so the first item of discussion, um, we're going to talk about the components of a system that affect World of Warcraft performance, and um, then we're going to sort of discuss some program settings that people can adjust to match the, the performance of their system. First things up, the, the things that take the load when World of Warcraft boots up as a complex program. First is the processor. What sort of processors are we using, PC guys? Um, I think I'm on a 2.4, yeah, 2.4 gigahertz uh, Pentium 4. I'm actually an Athlon 64, uh, 3000 plus. Slash but, Envy. Um, it's not that much faster. Mm, it's meant to be pretty lit though. Yeah, but it's not a piece of crap like Pentiums are. <laughs> They're not that much different, really. Okay, and I'm on a Power Mac G5 with a dual core, which was a present I got myself for Christmas, and I'm reasonably happy with it. The video card is the next really big piece of equipment, and I think if I read the Taverncast forums correctly, it's one of the things that has a huge impact on the frames per second or FPS. Again, PC people, what have you got? Um, I'm running an NVIDIA GeForce 2 Y64 meg, so you can all laugh at me next time I'm on. Uh, mine's a, a Radon AT, ATI Radon uh, 9600 XT, 128 mega RAM on it. what makes the difference between mine and Jinsu's. <laughs> yeah, so it's a difference between my 8 frames per second and Agata's 60. It varies between about 52 and 62. Uh, in the Mac, I had a choice of video cards, and um, I went for a more expensive one, the NVIDIA GeForce 7800, which is a card available on the PC and the Mac. And um, I can get up to 60 frames a second if I'm lucky, but in general, it's around about 30 to 50 most places, and obviously slower in big cities and higher in tunnels or out in the open where there isn't much scenery. What about your memory? World of Warcraft's a bit of a memory hog. Um, how much have you got installed on your PCs? I'm on six, uh, 768, which is sort of bare minimum, I would think. I'm actually on uh, one gig. I was 512, but I found it lag. Viserine, how much memory is in your machine? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I, I play on what I'm <laughs> so I don't have any idea what I'm playing for. Slash pose. <laughs> <laughs> I, stack. I got my machine fitted with um, one and a half gigs of RAM, which um, it uses a lot of on the Mac. I think at the Mac may be a bit more memory intensive running this thing, but certainly when I look up the activity monitor, it's using about a gig out of the gig and a half that I've got. I think drive. the Macs actually manage their memory better. Yeah, they might, but somehow PCs seem to have the edge running World of Warcraft, and I don't know why that is. Oh, I have to get a higher spec and, and pay more, I guess, to get the same kind of performance you guys are getting. Or not getting, in my case. <laughs> yeah. The hard drive, guys. I mean, I always hear World of Warcraft accessing my hard drive. Have you got a, a large hard drive? Is it a fast hard drive? I'm on 140 gig, but it's not really the size that matters, contrary to most beliefs in many different things. I've been told size doesn't matter. She lied. And uh, it's, it's generally just, as long as you keep it clean, like the hard drive itself, so you haven't got spyware, you haven't got random boot sectors lying everywhere, you have to keep it defragged and, and clean. Viruses aren't such an issue on the Mac because what? no one writes software for the Mac. But I reckon that's about to change. Yeah, it could be. I've got the Western Digital Raptor drive, which is just wonderful because of the World of Warcraft tie-in, but it is a fast hard drive, and it seems to make a difference when sort of going through a lot of territory. I've got two starter drives, 200 gigs. Oh, Lucky. Yeah. You've got a RAID, a two-drive RAID. Yeah, I actually have it in RAID, what they call strip RAID. That's 
That's insert nice. succubus that whip here. That actually runs quite fast. That's right. Well, I made the machine myself, and I decided to get a decent setup, so yeah. that's what I did. And here in Australia, being so remote from the World of Warcraft servers, the internet connection can be very, very important. The um, interesting new machine we can add to the mix, which is the Intel iMac, which is um, apparently getting some very nice frame rates using the Intel Core Duo chip and um, the standard graphics which come in it, which is a Radeon X1600. There was talk of frame rates up to 100 frames a second, but the latest on the Mac support forums in, in World of Warcraft says, no, nah, not that high. Well, I reckon 100 frames per second, that kind of performance on a system that isn't optimised for World of Warcraft, just think how good it will be when it actually is written for the iMac Cordua. It will be very nice. It will be blinding. Right now, as of the last patch, or as of the patch before last, um, the World of Warcraft has been native for the... Intel iMac, which has got to be one of the fastest software releases for uh, Intel native Macs I've seen. There's so many other publishers who are behind. So um, big credit to Blizzard for coming out so fast with that. Well, when you've got five million customers, you don't want to make a million of them annoyed at you. Okay, now into this funky screen that you see in the World of Warcraft settings when you hit the escape key and the video settings, there's this bewildering array of settings you can slide one way to the other, terrain distance, terrain detail, vertical sync, full screen glow, shading options, filtering options. What is it for you guys that makes the real difference and, and creates a playable environment? How about you, Agata? You've got the high-end PC. I have mine all set up all the way. Um, it's just easier. I have my um, full green slow effect off because I just think it looks like an Xbox. So that's basically it. Show off. Okay, Ginsu, what do you do <laughs> with a low-end PC? What advice have you got for other users in your predicament? Well, basically, I have got everything at its bare minimum except for a couple of subtleties that I've found have changed things. So I'm sitting on a minimum resolution of 1024 by 768, which is not high res, but it's not so low that you get scan lines, and you can still read all the text and stuff, so that's helpful. Also, I've got most of the bars down, except for terrain distance, which the bars move in increments rather than single pixels, so I've got it at the first setting above zero, because i found that I go from a grade 8, frames per second when I'm on the lowest to about 15 when I put it up to there. So I have no idea why that happens, but it does. A question. Where's your vertical sync and your triple buffering set? If it's a bar, then it'll be at the bottom. Um, yeah, those those options, are, at least on the Mac anyway, one of the recommendations is to turn vertical sync off and that out of all those options that affect the program speed, terrain distance is the most important. And I've fiddled on my high-end Mac with... Yeah everything and it seems that yeah turning vertical sync off does help a bit there's an experimental graphics change that you can read about on the um, blizzard forums that allows you to turn off redrawing detail in areas where there are a lot of characters present so it it, it slows down the, Mm -hmm. the number of times it redraws characters and can improve frame rates in crowded areas um iron forge under city places like that where people just sort of sometimes Lagrima. So mm. vertical sync actually sets your um, refresh rate to your screen rate. That's what it does. Yeah, it caps it. 
if you're on low frame rate, then I guess um, try that. If it doesn't work, you haven't. And turn the triple buffering on, and that helps it get faster. Nothing like losing frames when you uh, get into a combat scene and you need to see what you're doing with multiple enemies. Okay, and now it's time for the yes, definitely. Go Faster add-ons. Well, it's not strictly Go Faster, but Agata, I understand you've got one of these new special Warcraft keyboards. Tell us about it. Oh, okay, it's called the Z-Board. It's actually um, a keyboard that is designed to put in separate key, actual keypads, so you can remove the keypad and replace it with another one. It comes standard with two, which is a gamer board and a normal keyboard. You can also buy the add-on one, which is the Warcraft one, which I bought, which gives you emotes, all yell and say, and all that, whisper, all in one button, all in buttons marked. really good thing with it is you can actually take the keys out and tip the stuff out of your keyboard, which is a really bonus because it fills up full of dust and stuff. It's really nice. Okay, it does have other like volume controls and stuff there. Well, finally, um, guys, when we need help and you want to discuss something in a forum... Um, Viserine, you're the forum expert. Where's a, a decent active forum to discuss issues with World of Warcraft, technical or otherwise? The best place really is the Tavacast forum um, because everybody there is helpful and you don't get any of that ridiculous, idiotic people that you get in the actual Blizzard forums. LOL, noob. You suck. <laughs> Raffle monkey. Lil Escape. What do you think of the Blizzard tech support forums? I have to say I like the Mac one. They're good to a certain extent, but they're they're fairly general. So if you have like a problem that's limited to your system and configuration and stuff, then it's kind of hard to get help out of them. The only forum I have trouble with in those ones are the general forum. It's just nuts. And some of the uh, posts on the actual realm forums can be a bit mad as well. But that's only because people just bitch about everything. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> like, oh, I can't one-hit kill a paladin. They need to be nerfed. Well, we're going to sign off now. Congrats again to the Taverncast folk. We can't wait till you ding 60. We listen to you faithfully here in Australia and I'm sure all around the world. And um, we'll say goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Let's play a little game. Play, baby. Hey everybody, welcome to Out of Character. This is Karen Kater. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Renata from the World of Warcast podcast. How are you, Ren? Oh, doing fine. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk. It's nice to have another RP person in the show with me. The boys are always such a uh, such a hindrance to my enjoyment of RP. <laughs> Actually, to, to be fair, Azros has quite a quite a fair bit of experience with Star Wars Galaxies and, and other things, and I know that Cromley used to play EverQuest, but Eloy, he's really not really not that much of an RPer, so it's nice to have you along. 
I've had a lot of people asking, what's the best way to get started? How do you roll up a character? And I know that I've covered this a little bit before, but I think getting your perspective on how you roll up your characters and what motivates you would be beneficial to hear someone else's perspective. So give us a little bit about, you know, what goes through your mind when you're thinking, okay, I, I want to roll a new character. I'm tired of playing the troll that I'm playing or whatever. How do you, how do you get started? Well, usually, I mean, it starts simply enough of what class am I kind of interested in playing and what side I want to play on and then just kind of playing with the character generator, which frankly is kind of a toy in itself as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I know. I know. Just to get the look going and whatever. So, I mean, it starts there pretty innocently coming up with a name. Now, I know that there's a lot of people when they approach a character that they're meaning to role play, that they actually think about the character in advance and they come up with a whole backstory and everything like that. And that's not really how I do things. Usually what I do is they said, I just pick the character based on the class and the, and the race that I decide I want to play mm-hmm. and then play them for a while and just see what happens. Okay. And I'll give you an example. Renata who is my warrior on Scarlet Crusade, and she was really kind of my pioneer for World of Warcraft role-playing. When I start, was started playing her, I had no idea what her story was. As this, this character developed, I just started noticing this reserve that, that the character was developing, the personality that was coming out of her. Mm-hmm. And right, I think she was about level 10 when the story of her background kind of started to occur to me. Okay. Her father was a member of the Stormwind Guard. In fact, he was the quartermaster, so he's very highly placed. And it was discovered when she was in her teens that her father was in league with the syndicate. Ooh, okay. And was embezzling. And he was interesting. He was brought to trial, and he hung himself before he could go to go to trial. And she always wanted to be a member of the Stormwind Guard. She was so ashamed of what her father did that she changed her name to her mother's name. Mm-hmm. And now she's gotten kind of this crusade to earn a place in the Stormwind Guard on her own merits, but she's deathly afraid that anybody is going to find out she's her father's daughter. This is fascinating to me. I don't know that I've ever really developed a character with the motivation, the depth of motivation, that you've just described to me in the last 45 seconds. <laughs> Where do you get your inspiration? Is it through, Is it through as you said, the first 10 levels of playing and ex- exposure through the world and interactions with the NPCs that create that flow in your head? Or do you have... Do you have an extensive background with this kind of thing? You're kind of pulling from other things. Where, where do you get that from? That's a fantastic backstory. Well, I mean, I've been involved in gaming of one sort or another since... Pong, for instance. <laughs> um, I've been, you know, I played multi-user dungeons back in the mid-80s. So, I I mean, I've got a long history with this, and I played all the paper games like D&D and such, and I've also read just about anything that sits still long enough for me to read it. Okay. So, I mean, I, there's there's quite a lot of fertile ground, which is, has been created just from all the exposure that I've had to do those kinds of series. But I I really think that, for me, role-playing is primarily an internal process. To me, role-playing is the process of creating a personality for this character Mm -hmm. and creating the story that supports the personality. And then using these things together, 
then my character will sort of talk to me in my head and tell me what to do. I mean, I don't want to sound like I've got multiple personality disorder here or something. Or <laughs> right, right. I'm listening to the voices in my head. The but... dwarf told me to go to Stormwind. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. It's You're letting it develop, and then it's kind of taking a mind of its own in, in its own direction with regard to, and I'm using it's in, in the generic it's. Right. Um, and then the direction that it takes is, is then you're adding your own creativity to it to be able to shape it the way that it wants to go fundamentally it's all me right and so but i mean i've got characters with very different personalities i said renata's very reserved i have a rogue who you know is a street kid from the undercity who's a gutter snipe but she's very you know extremely curious i have a tauren who is um extremely good-hearted and will help anyone and will not go into battlegrounds because she's absolutely a pacifist okay and i think that for me the best role-playing experiences grow organically out of the personality that's developed for the character. In fact, if a character does not develop a personality, and some of mine, you know, not all of my characters do, mm-hmm. for some reason, something may just not fit right to me. For example, I have a troll priest, and she's just not working for me. She's level 25, and she has absolutely no personality whatsoever. And I really lose interest. I mean, the class is great. It's, 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 kind, it's fun to play. It's nothing against priests. It's this right. character. And I think this may stem from the fact that one way I don't really think World of Warcraft is well-developed is in the area of religion. Okay. In, when I played EverQuest, there were a lot of different deities. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there was a god of disease, there was a god of healing, there was a god of just about anything you could imagine. And my character's personalities, particularly um, the priest or cleric characters, really grew out of their religion i have no idea what what as a troll priest she's supposed to worship right and to me this makes it very difficult for me to run her because i don't know what she believes and as I, you and i have talked about this before about how the the night elves all worship a loon and so it's you know it's easy for them to have a deity that they worship the humans worship the light which you know that's great but if you're like for me I, I rolled an undead priest that was one of the problems that i had was that you know here i was in before the scourge came through and i'm supposed to be human well if i'm if i was a priest or whatever i was in my previous life let's say i worship the light well now what happened now that i'm undead what does that make me do all of a sudden i lose my beliefs that way well according to the according to the storyline that the undead priests follow exactly i do well i don't know that i necessarily ascribe to that I had a night elf druid who wouldn't wear shoes. She refused to wear shoes. She wanted to have the earth beneath her feet, and she wanted to be able to feel it beneath her feet. So I got her to about level 14 or 15, and she never would put shoes on. <laughs> That's totally cool. It's kind of stupid, but it's... Uh... But it isn't, though. I mean, if you think about... If you think about a lot of people have different... People have different different motivations to roleplay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's they want to interact with other people in a fantasy environment, whether it's they want to explore aspects of their own personality, or maybe they just want to be creative and have an outlet for their creativity. Being able to roleplay a character like that consistently is so fantastic. Back when we first started, there was a character 
that rolled an undead character who didn't have a jaw. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and he he communicated with other people. He didn't communicate in say, he didn't communicate in chat, he didn't communicate in guild. He communicated with emotes by writing in the sand. And he made this entire macro thing that, you know, that would say character scrawls something in the sand and then you'd be able to read what it is that he's saying. It's it's that kind of immersion that is really fantastic. A lot of people are coming from role-playing from different points of view. Some people have done D&D, some people haven't, some people read fantasy, some people don't. Some people don't have a single creative bone in their body, but they want to go and they want to explore this kind of a thing. And I think it's... That's you're fine! Gonna, exactly! And I think you're going to find a myriad of people um, on these servers trying to do this kind of stuff. Well, and, you know, if you're new at it, that's great. Exactly. Give it a, give it a shot, you know. You, it may take... It is a little bit odd at first, or it may seem odd at first. Now, I've done a lot of impromptu theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at a renaissance fair for a couple of years. So I have some real-life experience to add to that, so it's not as foreign to me Mm -hmm. as it might be to someone else. It's a hard thing, though, when you've got people of all different experience levels, all different skill levels, all different interest levels together trying to make things work and trying to interact. It's, it's It's another case of just art imitating life. I don't think that World of Warcraft would have given us avatars if they didn't mean there to be some level of role-playing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd just be these disembodied hands running around like those first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. They don't encourage you to develop a character for this disembodied hand. Mm-hmm. They create these avatars that you can customize, that you can make look any way that you want them to. Obviously, they've done this to try to foster that you're creating a character. And people really ought to take advantage of that and have fun with it and play with it. I mean, this is part of the play, as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. to the point where I can't even play a character right if I don't start thinking of them as an individual. Exactly. It's not just a collection of pixels. This is an individual with its own motivations and its own things that it wants to do. The way that I develop my characters is I, I actually started off the first, I think, six to eight characters I rolled were all night elf females that looked very similar. Just because I was so enamored with the, with the aesthetics of the night elf world. Because, you know, this is the first game, computer game that I'd played. And, you know, the, the music's pretty and you've got these awesome stories and it's so good, yada, yada, yada. But now that I'm actually playing Horde, I'm really understanding more about the motivation of the characters as in relation to the lore of the story. I find it fascinating that the Tauren are allied with the orcs in relation to the the division of the two, the Horde and the, Horde and the Alliance, because they are just such a noble race. And I understand with the background of the lore with Karn Bloodhoof and, and Thrall and the whole connection there, but I just find it so fascinating that you've got the, the self-serving humans and the elves who don't trust them, and that really is a very dysfunctional relationship in and among the Alliance. <laughs> yes, it is. And then you've got gnomes and gnomes and dwarves who don't trust themselves either and then you've got the horde with the tauren and the orcs who are both peaceful people who were displaced and they're characterized as evil because they're allied with the undead it's so backwards yes it is and it really kind of understanding even a little bit about the nature of those relationships really does help when developing characters within those races exactly in summation of everything we've talked about today, what would you recommend um, someone do if they're interested in delving into the role-playing for themselves? 
Well, first of all, I really would suggest rolling up on, a, on an RP server because RP is pretty much non-existent on the non-RP servers. You know, part of me just says, well, just, you know, just try it. But I really would encourage them to come up with some sort of a character for themselves. You know, try to think about your character's motivations and, and personality and then kind of decide how you would then interact with other people. You know, if you're interested in it and you want some guidance, most of these servers have RP guilds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, there's a lot of them that will accept new players. And if you approach these and say, look, I'm very interested in role-playing. I want to learn more about it. You know, can I join your guild? And you can kind of help me through the process. So finding other people in that kind of situation can really be very helpful as well. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of the best ways that I found um, some good RP guilds when I first got started was going to the World of Warcraft forums, which I wouldn't always recommend, but on the RP server realm forums, there's a listing that's stickied at the very top of, the, of all the threads. It shows a listing of the guilds, and a lot of them have websites, and you can actually go to the websites and see the um, the motivations of the guilds, what they're made up from, what they're, how they play, what their requirements are, if they're accepting new members. Um, it's a really good way to get started. So you don't have to feel like, God, what, what RP server am I going to roll on? And then am I going to actually have the good fortune to run into someone who's nice enough to let me into their guild to see what it's like to RP? That can be so overwhelming to a new player sometimes. Yes, it is. And most of those listings will also list whether they're light, medium, or heavy RP. Heavy RP meaning they're pretty much role-playing all the time. Right. Except in kind of emergency situations. Right. Um, but that can be, that can be a, a very valuable resource as well. Well, Ren, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think it's been an awesome start, and I would love to have you back. Yes, and I'll have to have you over on uh, World of Warcast as well. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thank you so much. I'm a geek, not a nerd. So we have a special guest on this 20th edition of TavernCast. His name is Michael Zenke, and he is the games editor from Slashdot.org. Dot dot org. Not dot .com <laughs> or dot .edu or dot, dot, dot .xxx or dot, dot .tv. Slashdot.org. <laughs> By the way, Michael. I would like to take that. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to take a public opportunity to thank my boss, Rob Malda, for making the most un, uh, unreferenceable <laughs> URL it is on hard the to face read. of the it's internet. Slash <laughs> dot, yeah. dot, dot. Michael, what do you do for Slashdot? What is Slashdot, I guess, in the beginning, for sure. in case someone doesn't know? And what do you do over there? Sure. Well, Slashdot is a technology community site. Users of the site basically submit links to us as the editors. And on the main page, at least, we cover a variety of topics. Uh, science, Linux is the one that we're, we're pretty heavily known for, uh, technology of all kinds. And I, as the games editor, am specifically interested in the games subsection of the site. I hunt down game stories uh, that I think are interesting, that I think uh, that the users would like, and I post them sort of my own volition because, well, when I was hired, I found not that many people submit game stories to Slashdot. Where do you go to get the information that you do to be able to put it all together? I have well over 250 RSS feeds that I... I reference every single day, and let me tell you, it gets really old you are fast. <laughs> My God! Before I worked at Slashdot, in fact, the reason that the Slashdot editors 
came to know about me is I worked for a, a site called uh, morepig.com, which is M M O R P G D O T period C O. Wait, so it's another one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's my lot in life to cool. suffer. Yeah, um, but I worked for them, and I wrote opinion pieces uh, in a column called Random Dialogue. When I started working for Slashdot, I kind of lost that outlet for complaining about EverQuest or Rafcoster or what have you. kind of got so frustrated with the state of the MMO industry that I started, I needed to somewhere to post. So I started Mog Nation, M-M-O-G-N-A-T-I-O-N. And that's mognation.com. And that's where I write on a whenever I feel like it basis about something that interests me in the games industry that's about massive multiplayer games. Hmm. So. Cool. cool. We thought it would be cool to have Michael on the show because of uh, his background in MMOs and also just obviously being the games editor of Slashdot to talk about kind of some articles that have come out lately in different newspapers and magazines, etc., that have been talking about WoW in the context of a social sport a la golf or bowling. For example, in the January 20th edition of the New York Times, there was an article about WoW. This is the one we referenced a couple shows back where we were talking about the Blizzard developer Mm -hmm. uh, and the the news about Naxxramas, the new instance. In the sports section of all places. In the sports section. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really bizarre to me. Were you guys like struck funny by the fact that it was in the sports section and not? I think like... I saw it when it showed up on Slashdot or one of those kinds of places. But... Yep. Come on, we're athletes, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael, when uh, you saw that article, no, I'm not. As you were going through to put it up there, what did you think of that? Well, uh, the the thing that really struck me about the whole thing, and later with the uh, eyes for sod on one up, the uh, Joy Ito We Know uh, Investment Guild, uh, the guild that kind yep. of networks together. They're games, you know. I mean, they're just they're they're just games. Yeah. I mean, I I get on there and I play World of Warcraft to have fun. The part where people are getting on here and, and having meetings and stuff, I just I, I find that kind of alien to me. I guess that that uh, people are going out of their way to to integrate themselves into these cultures as a as a chance to you know maybe cash in on you know your guild leader. I just I, that, I find that very alien. Yeah, it's, to me. it's kind of weird to think like I'm going to go join this guild because it'll help my business connections. Basically, let's look at the people who are playing WoW now, right? They said there's what five million plus subscribers six now. Six million, they just announced. Six million. Yeah, six yeah. million. Okay, now. so they're, they're up yet quickly. another million then. Yeah, hey, um, what's another million? It seems like it's getting to be popular in circles outside of the normal geek set too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot a lot more women obviously are playing this game, Yay! and uh, a lot more people Yay. aged thirty and above are playing this game. I mean, we know, like in our guild, for example, we've got a number of players that are forty above, uh, right. and a few even in their sixties. So their 60s, yeah. yeah, we've got parents, we've got parents and children, couples, everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I mean the the kinds of people that you tend to run across in this are. I would say the the majority are still your sort of general geek gamer stereotype. Whether fourteen year old boys, yeah, whether that's actually true or not, or or how that all lays out. Beyond the majority, there is a a certain subset of players now that seems to be growing that are almost like they're the Home Depot set. You know, it's like they're coming from the we watch football on the weekends and have kids and yeah, and they're they're, not, they're, they're what gamers. they're the societal norm who are now all of a sudden in into this MMO gaming mm-hmm. thing. What's changed? Is this is this literally becoming like the new uh, Canasta or Bridge Night? You know, for people, <laughs> or or is this or is it not as big as that? I hope but it's if, more fun than that. <laughs> if you think about it, what is what has the internet done for us? It's made the world smaller. 
Think about the people that listen to this show, for example. Or, Michael, I mean, think about the people that access Slashdot on a daily basis. You have people all over the world, and we've got people all over the world listening to us talk. It makes the world smaller. So what better way, from a business standpoint, let's say, network and get connections all across the globe than to go someplace where the world is going to be smaller? That's what Michael was trying to get at there was that CNET and 1UP article, because those guys were basically making business connections through the game. Right. And I, I don't know that there's... Exactly. I mean, to some set, that makes sense. I mean, just change the game. What if they're playing uh, bridge or uh, hearts or, or something? Or golf, which is what or the golf. headline was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they'd be doing the same thing. They're playing the game, but they're also talking about real-world stuff outside of the game. Yeah, and that was actually the point that the uh, the article went on to make, was that even though there are some people who may have joined the We Know Guild... And originally it was on the Cadgar server, and they had to go ahead, they, the, the leader of, of the guild went ahead and moved the guild to another server because there started to be so many people that joined the guild with the express purpose of wanting to, to get in good with this investment banker. <laughs> and, uh, and so eventually when the number of leeches outweighed the number of people who were there to play, the guy was like, all right, look, we can't do this anymore. We're moving to another server. I guess that's where my, I guess, disagreement with the, the thesis of the article comes in. Because it's a game, first and foremost. And that was what the guild leader was setting down. Like, we're here to play. It's, you know, it's nice to talk to other people. And it's nice to network. And as you say, I mean, it's, uh, it's a way of making the world smaller. It's just another way of uh, focusing people around something that they can, they can talk about. And then also talk business in, in, the, in the same vein. Like, like I said, I'm there to play. I'm there to, uh, to have a good time. And I think that it's kind of... I guess counterproductive to massively multiplayer games as a genre to to see them first and foremost as worlds and secondly as games. True. I mean the genre is MMORPG. Yeah. You know, the there has to be some game element there. The thing, exactly. If these things are actually going more into the mainstream, I think you're going to lose some of that RPG part. Because I think your average person is not is going to find that it's more of a social experience and turn it more or go more towards that direction than they are to embrace the actual role-playing aspect of it because i think that that might be a step too far for your average it's the sims crowd oh definitely you know, yeah it's, it's <laughs> seriously it's the people that are there to interact with other people not necessarily that are there to raid molten core every other night yeah that, you know? well, it's more of a chat room kind of taking as an example our listener guild actually the pod mm. people what I notice most about the pod people, it tends to be a very, very social experience. You've got people of all walks of life and all diverse playstyles on there, but there's a very close-knit group forming there that's based around a very active social experience. And one of the things that uh, a lot of the people in that guild and on our boards have discussed lately uh, is meeting up in real life and the possibility of gaming a MMO type scenario uh, in the real world, actually, you know, meeting face to face and getting together and gaming and etc. So, you mean like a land party or something? Yeah. Like a land okay. party, like but a... but I was I was making sure that as opposed to like a LARP, no, Warcraft LARP. No, or something. no, not a LARP, but, <laughs> but like a like a land. But th- th- right. were, they were even going a step further with it, and that sort of brings up this question. They were talking about. Could there be a time when the social experience that we currently get in an MMO over chat and over, you know, voice programs like uh, Ventrilo or TeamSpeak, could it be 
could it be transferred or evolved into a actual real world social experience where you say go to a club, a social club or a country club, the same way that people play golf or go to bowling leagues today? They can go and play cooperative games. Oh, they I can see. interact physically. So it'd be like a Warcraft league or, or a Warcraft kind club. Kind of. And I, when we talked to people on the boards about this, there was mixed <clears throat> feelings. There was a lot of favorable input for the idea, but then there were concerns over the whole wide range of ages that would be present and the difference mm -hmm. in culture there and what all of those differences in people would mean socially to try to get them together in, in one place kind of like people who play golf. In a gaming scenario, you play side by side with people that are sometimes 20 years younger or 20 years older than you are. Exactly. Um, actually, and there are already people doing this. Um, yeah. Alternate reality gaming is is uh, a buzzword right now, and it's mostly, unfortunately, uh, been used as an advertising gimmick. I'm not sure if any of you remember I Love Bees no. from uh, back when Halo 2 was launched. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, it was a... It was a a genre of game called alternate reality gaming. It was made up by this marketing firm that had a website and forums and all sorts of very oblique clues that led this uh, eventually extremely large community on the on the hunt for elements of the Halo 2 games game backstory. And uh, it was actually really interesting. Uh, after a time, people started having to position individuals in the community at payphones uh, throughout the world to receive phone calls from an artificial intelligence within the game. And she would give them clues and information uh, about what was going to be happening in the Halo 2 world. Really? Yeah, it's actually a, a really... Cool idea. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, not, you know... Obviously, it's not uh, something that's going to make the front page of the New York Times yet, but um, people are definitely taking their online, or, you know, sort of a more, what we would think of as a web-based uh, gaming community offline. Do you guys think this stuff will go in a social direction where people actually begin doing these things together, physical proximity to each other, or do you think they'll kind of regress the culture into a into a situation where people are interacting a lot, but they're interacting in a virtual means and not in physical space. This is my very first game that I've played. You all know that I'm, I'm not a big game person. This is the first computer game I've ever played. I've never done anything else. But thinking about the ages and the genders of the people that we have in the guild, their backgrounds, would I see myself actually getting together with that kind of a diverse group of people outside of the environment that we're in now, if I didn't know them through Warcraft, if I didn't know them through the guild, I don't know that I would be hanging out with a father and his 11-year-old son or someone who's 60 and, um, you know, yeah. another another yeah. couple who's 20 years old. I don't know that I would do that outside of that. Now, knowing them now, would I have any problem talking yeah. with them or meeting yeah. with them? Absolutely not. If I think if it started in this kind of an environment where physical, visual, actual, real images are not part of it, Everyone's one of so many avatars that you can choose, and then it evolves to that. I think that the human condition of prejudices and preconceived notions can go, can go by the wayside and then evolve into that. I think that, though, at this stage of... Oh, but that stuff's least, going to come back and smack you in the face if you get together personally. But what I'm, Maybe. It, Maybe not. not. Not if you communicate enough beforehand. At, at this stage, in Ameri at least in American society, if that were to happen very much sooner, or if you got those people together beforehand, before that that comfort level was reached and then breached, I don't think it would succeed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think maybe we'll find out, because I don't know that... I can't think of anything like this that's happened before. I agree with you in principle. 
I was in a uh, I was in a guild a little while back, unfortunately, that <clears throat> went the way of the dodo. <laughs> but um, like so many, I achieved a level of familiarity with some of those folks that I would have felt you know perfectly comfortable going down to a bar and having a drink mm-hmm. with them. But um, I guess I have to agree that uh, once you get into physical uh, you know physical proximity with someone, um, all your your training as a human. I think is unfortunately going to kick mm-hmm. in. You know, you're going to, oh, she's, you know, she's tall, he's short, you know, yeah. he's fat, he's thin, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then, actually, I almost fear that because once you get back online, I mean, you're not going to be able to get rid of these yeah. these notions of people. Exactly. And, Very and good point. That could cloud that could cloud your relationship with the guild. As a you know, it's it's funny to dovetail into exactly what you're talking about. Right before we uh, did the show, I was in the game in World of Warcraft. And well, of course, the game because we're World World of Warcraft podcast. The game we're called Tavern Cast. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> your name is Alexi. <laughs> okay, what so you know, I had talked to uh, some of the people that were there were on in the pod people, and I just happened to ask them, you know, some of these questions, like, you know, would you be into doing a social kind of thing? And you know, I was curious to get the response back from almost everybody that I talked to that they saw themselves as being socially introverted. Uh, or not of the social norm. But when they're in the game, and even talking over TeamSpeak, they can be far more open and, you know, speak to people and et cetera. As we're out, if if they're out in the open, the social experience is is an entirely different scenario. Yeah, and Michael, I think you're right. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you that there's there there might be some of that there where people are just not the same people you think they are. I know, for example, I mean, like, the, the, how we are on the show, we've told people this before. We have a certain persona on the program when we do the show, and then we have we we, t- we tend to run into people over Ventrilo or whatever. And a lot of the feedback I've gotten from people is that, well, how come you're not screaming and singing and doing the robot voice all the time? <laughs> Thank well, God he doesn't. Well, because that's because that's not how I really am. Because he'd be locked up. You know, made. but I mean, you've got the the thing is though, taking this full circle is that. Based on the kind of statistics that are coming into the game and the, the rise of w- both women and different age groups and et cetera, and the fact that you're running into people now that seem to be coming from, from like, this is their first gaming experience. They've never played a game before. Oh, Maybe yeah. they've had experience playing arcade games in the 80s or something, you know, where yeah. they had a Nintendo. But like me. Like Kern Kater, right, yeah. who this is her first gaming experience. And she's got a sort of regular, normal, contemporary background that's not quite as geeky as some. So... The question is, what happens when you get all these this influx of the quote unquote you know societal norms, and how do they change the landscape? Well, I, but I think I think the definition of societal norm is being changed by this new influx of an entertainment industry. I agree. You guys remember when <clears throat> geek was bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look and look. I mean, Michael, your your entire job is to edit information about games on an internet website. I mean, that was completely unheard of five six years ago. Back in the bad old days, if you recall the uh, the Columbine incident, a lot of people really looked to the site as a as a focal point for sort of a collective outrage against the backlash that nerds and geeks received after the unfortunate sure. incident sure. in yeah. Colorado. 
online, I think, was really the only place that a lot of those people could have received the kind of sympathy and support that they obviously were calling out for. Mm -hmm. Um, The real world at that time did not have that kind of uh, social fabric that I think maybe nowadays, as a result of massive multiplayer games or, you know, the acceptance of movies like The Matrix or, um, you know, Lord of the Rings in popular culture, nerds just weren't cool back then. And, uh, And if you were a nerd, you know, Good luck for you. You know, I have. I, I know that I personally have the psychological scars to prove it. So the fact that uh, Dave Chappelle, oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle yeah, is a World go. of Warcraft. That's what we've heard. And, yeah. uh, really? I hope he's listening. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Really? Yeah. As is and Vin Diesel. He, uh, so we hear. Indeed. And there's a, a major baseball player whose name I'm not even going to try to remember, uh, who plays EverQuest 2. <laughs> like you said, you're, his, you're a nerd, so. <laughs> I, I, yeah. He wears his EQ2 cap at, uh, at photo shoots for the team. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's out there in popular culture. I've never seen it on a sitcom or anything, but, you know, it's out there, I think. A while ago, there was a statistic, and I don't even know if it, how accurate it was, but that the gaming industry, I think including consoles, was was bigger than Hollywood. Yeah. And it always struck me as odd that there's... I mean, look at all the hoopla around the Oscars, that there's not that much attention paid to them, but they're huge. I think the difference between, say, a massively multiplayer game and the level of popularity that World of Warcraft has achieved mm-hmm. and, say, a popular um, movie franchise like, say, Lord of the Rings or something. Oh, yeah, it's still huge. I mean... World of Warcraft may have six million players around the world, but like, can you even imagine the number of people who have yeah. watched the Lord yeah. of the Rings? Yeah, I think, I think I mean, what I was trying to get at is that what we're seeing is the the rise of a new form of entertainment, and so it's drawing in, you know, it's drawing in business people who meet in in the game, and it's drawing in celebrities, and you know, in some ways, I don't think it's all that that amazing that that there's so many people who like these things. But to some extent, to keep that into perspective, I mean, just just look at our situation with Taverncast, right? Sure. So. We we have our circle of people who know who we are, and in that circle we're pretty popular. But you take Cromley and I, for example, oh, and yeah, go no to one. go yeah. to our families <laughs> or any of our friends exactly. who have nothing to do with games, and they say, you know, <laughs> not even what's, my mom what's likes new me. with you, Aloysius? Uh, oh, yeah. What's going on with your life? And so, I mean, you know, basically the first question that crosses my mind is, do I tell them the, basically the biggest thing I do, which is I do this show, and they're going to be like, on what? Oh, that's great. And when yeah. I tell them, they're, it's a complete total disconnect, and, right. and they're like, well. Yeah. Um, Oh well, that's nice. So, how's that car of yours treating you? Yeah, I was I was at work. I don't know three weeks ago. I work in an emergency room. I'm a nurse, and I was talking to Eloy on the phone. And he said, "Well, we're on the front page of iTunes," and I was totally psyched. And so I pull up iTunes on the computer, which, if anyone here from work is listening, I didn't actually do on the computer. And, well. and here is our podcast advertised on the front page of iTunes. I mean, my my head was just through the roof and everybody comes over like what like, my podcast is on the front page of itunes and they're it's like what's a pod what's a podcast yeah, and everybody's looking at me like what <laughs> yeah. are you talking what's about what's itunes there are three people at work <laughs> yeah. that play warcraft and when i told them they were excited but everybody else looked at me and they said what's a podcast I'm like it's a radio show you do a radio show oh when is it on and so they they ask them what it's about and they're all going Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it's it, it's totally is that it's a complete disconnect. So let's go from that and bring this whole thing full circle. Sure. So I think what we're finding out by this, just through this conversation, is is that what kind of things do MMOs hold for the culture and for the future? I think they probably are going to become a pretty big part of it. However, mm-hmm. we are a long ways off. Sure from that affecting the culture in any substantial way that is going to take on or rival anything like 
gulf or canasta or, or, yeah. or bridge. <laughs> but but it's neat to be at the beginning. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Think about all the original canasta podcasters <laughs> who were talking about. Oh, that canasta podcast is huge. Back yeah. in the canasta hall of fame, yeah. they were really something. Canasta cast. Well, <laughs> the really great thing, of course, is that uh, sixty years from now. When you know our children's children are playing 3D virtual reality things that plug into their skulls, <laughs> we can all say, "I remember back in my day when I had to use a keyboard and mouse to play my games." I liked it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Michael, we'll leave the last word with you. Anything else you want to say about this? I guess as a as a genre, I think that massively multiplayer games are probably the game genre that I find most interesting. I mean, I get I get exposed to everything from first person shooters to real-time strategy games to sports titles um and uh i think that massive games are really the ones that speak to me both as a gamer and as a person because of the human element you know i can frag someone in halo 2 just as well as i can kill someone in pvp in world of warcraft but i gotta tell you i have never felt you know kind of the the connection or the uh the excitement that I have in a PvP situation in Halo 2 as I have in World of Warcraft. And, you know, other less violent emotions there, too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Slash love. <laughs> Massive games, really, I think, uh, from Second Life to World of Warcraft, I think they're really uh, allowing folks who might not otherwise have had a chance to, to connect on a, on a very nerdy, nerdy level um, to do so. And I can only see that as a good yeah. thing. Last word, World of Warcraft. What do you play? What level are you? What class? Hold on here. Mm, oh, good. I get to brag. Go for it. Um, cool. Uh, I've got uh, nine level new. 60s, and I've what got... What kind of oh, no, hacks no. do you Epic have? Honor. Actually... <laughs> Actually, I have a I have a really horrible confession to make, and and if there's any regular slash art readers out there who don't already think I'm a total f- fraud, um, I'll, my highest level character is 59. Oh, the um, horror! We gotta disconnect yeah. you now. We can't talk to yeah. you further. Oh, thanks okay. <laughs> for bye, bye guys. <laughs> no, uh, my highest level character is a, a dwarven paladin. See, I play I play a noob character Yay. too. I play a paladin. I play a dwarven paladin uh, named Groden on the Argent Dawn server. Uh, and uh, I just last week hit 59. Congratulations. Uh, because Atta boy. Thank Won't you. be long now. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the problem is, as as a giant game dork, I have to play everything. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Both to keep myself current and to review things. So, like, while I would love to play all my time world, playing World of Warcraft, like, I had to play EverQuest 2 a whole bunch last month. So. We're sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Blizzard will um, forgive you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just made 225 with my engineering skill. I'm a goblin engineer, and I'm very, very proud, proud cool. of it. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Zemke, games editor from Slashdot.org. You got it right. <laughs> all right, we're all wrapping it up here for TavernCast show, show number 20. 20. Do, you guys think, do you guys think we'll be here uh, in another 20? Nope. Or will we, will we be long gone, lost to the dust sands the dust of time. the internet? I'm going to be doing the Dungeons and Dragons online podcast. Screw you, clowns. <laughs> I'm doing the Sims Good online luck with podcast. That. I'll be back to playing Ultima Online podcast. Canasta. Canasta, Canasta online? Canasta, online. <laughs> Canasta cast? Yeah. Canasta cast. 
The nasty Connecticut. Be the show Me ever. and my best friend will be off playing cribbage on the on the beach somewhere, and you guys will just be lost. Wait, so you guys are saying the consensus is there will not be a Tavern Cast 40? <sighs> I, I don't think there will even be a 21 because I'm quitting. Oh, well. I think well. Ezra's already quit three times today. Right. At least. Three. All right, well, then I quit too because <laughs> why not? But we'll have a reunion because those always sell more tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Want to buy podcasting job. <laughs> TC PST. Yeah. LFM Tavern Cast. <laughs> we'll be as old as the Rolling Stones walking around in leather with pacemakers. Visit us on the forums at www.taverncast.com. Sign up. Contribute to all of the witty banter that is happening. Works Where? Out very Where? Well. Oh, there are Witty banter. <laughs> also, if you happen to have a recipe that you would like to share with us that is Warcraft themed, we're gonna. We still have quite a few that we're working through, but I could always use some more. You can send them to kerncater at hotmail.com. Make sure you include your recipe, your recipe with your ingredient list, instructions for preparation, cooking times, ingredients, all that good stuff. And make sure that it's <laughs> Warcraft themed. Like, yeah. send me your stuff and, and make sure it's. Got please, it. nothing lethal. Yeah, nothing lethal, nothing illegal. Um, well, illegal. Okay, oh, yeah, nothing yeah. illegal. Okay. We'd like to ask you to donate to us and help us keep doing the podcast. You can do that by going to our website at www.taverncast.com. Look for the Support Taverncast button in the lower left-hand corner, and you can make PayPal donations. And uh, you can also visit our store at taverncaststore.com. got all kinds of T-shirts and really cool beer mugs, coasters, all kinds of neat stuff there. And uh, we get a like a dollar or something for each, <laughs> each thing that's bought, which is a small percentage of our bandwidth bill, but every little bit helps. So please help us. And if you donate in the amount of $15 or more, you get to become a very special Taverncast subscriber, which gives you all kinds of really cool access to um, outtakes, extra segments that we've recorded that the normal listener wouldn't be able to listen to. Yep. Um, so try to make your donation count for at least $15, and you will get all that extra which I think cool actually stuff. we have a big... Uh, big bevy of them getting ready to go into the subscriber after this show, don't we? Exactly. We're going to have a whole new slew of stuff added to the subscriber section that will keep you busy for many, many hours. Because as long as this show was, you have no idea how long the parts were that uh, got edited out. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll have an idea if they're a subscriber. Lol. Lol. As usual, we are continuing to look for users, or user, listeners, listener submitters submitted stories. We are continuing to look for stories given by our users. Uh, I mean, damn it, listeners! Okay, the beer bot is aching to come in now. Aching to come and save this program, no. but we are not turning him on. So therefore, no. send us your stories uh, in either MP3 format or call our Skype line at 734-418-8727. That number again, 734-418-8727. Call the Skype line. Tell us some neat stories. Please, by God, save this program from us. <laughs> and the beer bot. All right, guys. Ezra, do you want anything to add, or are we out? Yeah, why is the Sentinel Hill Inn still not built? <laughs> Those workers have been working on it. They're for... union. There's a war going on, son. In Encourage, we're fighting the bugs to take back our freedoms. And you're worried about them building a roof Sentinel Hill. We must fight the war to preserve the freedom of Stormwind, boy! Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> That's Tavercast 20. We're out. See ya. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Taverncast is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Taverncast does not endorse underage drinking and reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Taverncast is a Snapdragon production.
So, we're on Tavercast Show 20. That we are. Yes, we are. That's how edition works. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us. I wouldn't really love to hear it, because I don't give a <laughs> <laughs> If you care, look it up your damn self. <laughs> I don't like spotted dick, okay? I found it offensive. Okay, so I've got the style. What exactly is it that we're selling? All right, I am, uh, well, if Asros is sending <laughs> uh... this information, if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Bill, uh, we just go say something funny. Go. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what, he, that's what he does a lot of the time. Last night it was even worse. Okay, ready to go. <laughs> chirp, chirp. I would love the government to be contacted for our tavern guest songs. Can you can you see the ladies working at the government building going, What's tavern cast? These goddamn congressmen with their fangled ideas? Where the hell is Orgrimmar? Mabel, I've got another wacko. It hasn't been the same since Homeland Security took over. This is all good stuff. The people would love to hear the witty banter, the really horrible <laughs> no, jokes. No, Azros is don't. typing. Go get me a cheeseburger. Aren't you glad you associate with us? We, uh, absolutely. Looks <laughs> like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Oh man, that was fantastic. What a tremendous tavern cast. <laughs> Wish we had 20 more just like that, wouldn't you say, Nihal? Oh, I think so. Very much, Bill, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, there's fewer things I like doing better than just sitting with you, Nihal, and listening to a good old tavern cast. How did you get in my car, anyways? Oh, well, you know, I just I need a ride to immigration yeah. station, yes. Well, I'm a sucker for immigration. Hey, if you had one thing that you could do right now, what do you think that would be? I think I want to listen to more songs from a tavern cast. Oh, more, <laughs> more songs is good. Okay, how about a second happy thing? Oh, oh. Play World of Warcraft. Oh, I would love to play World of Warcraft. It's yes, excellent. Me too. I, man, oh. there are a few things I like to do better than after listening to a tavern cast and to just sit down and play some World of Warcraft and use the tips, tricks, and, uh... That's, that's all right. I ninja all, KK. Yeah, just don't ever interrupt me again. But really what I wanted to say is that when I go and sit down and play World of Warcraft, what I most enjoy is figuring out some music that I can actually enjoy World of Warcraft. But it, nothing ever gets it just right, wouldn't you say, Nihal? Oh, no, nothing ever really, unless it's from a tavern cast. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I wonder, do you think? Hey, this look what I just found. This is oh, amazing. Did you buy that on eBay? No, I got it right off oh. the Taverncast website. What oh. I found is a great record that these guys have put out and gals. It's an amazing song. Look at it. Taverncast, the Fury of Love, one 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 K K B B Q. FTW! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can buy it in an 8 track too! Yeah, if you can ever look up that name, it just rolls off the tongue. It's just an amazing record of some of the greatest songs ever set to World of Warcraft themed music that I, are kind of half assed put together. I cannot read the English, can you read it to me? Well, I'd be more than happy to. Oh, Let's see yeah, the... very happy. Thank you. Sunshine, happy time. 
okay, I'm going to have to kick you out of the car here soon. But before I do that, uh -huh. why don't we listen to the first track, uh -huh. which is a very own Tavern Cast theme song. Let's listen in. You suck. Yeah, that's your claim to fame. You need tips to improve your game. Well, there's hope. Though your friends think you're a fool, you can show them all. You won't be a noob. You listen to Ted Soon we'll be making another show on Ted so that you don't blow Tell your friends to just bite you You're joining the pod people And now You're leech, you can't be beat You've got the mad skills And ranked in PvP Thanks to Besides running around the world of Warcraft, oh, my running around thing. the naked. Oh, naked, very nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unless I suppose you're a Tauren, and then it's just humiliating for everybody else. But the second thing I like to do in World of Warcraft is walking around. But besides walking around World of Warcraft, the third thing I like to do. What do you think the third thing I'd like to do, Nihal? Swimming. You got it perfect. You got Swimming. it exactly right. Uh, That's yeah, you the third thing I like to do is swimming in the world of Warcraft. Man, I love swimming. It is fun. Fun, fun, fun. And when I like to swim, I like to swim beyond CNAD City. Hey look! What's track number five on Taverncast? The Fury of Love 111 It's beyond CNAD City. Let's listen in. I feel stupid, but I know it won't last for long. I've been grinding, but I could have been grinding wrong. You don't see me now. I kinda thought that you should somehow do those old skin pockets get you down. I feel rested, but it's something that comes and goes. I've been leveling, think it's funny how no one knows. We don't talk about the little things that we do without when they're time to level comes around So why you gotta stand there looking like fishmen now? 
Seems to me you come around I need you now Do you think you can help me? You figured me out Oh, I'm lost and I'm hopeless Gone missing broken Though I've never spoken About that place About seeing that city Now I'm evil, isn't that what you want? Oh, I'm evil, skin pockets aren't what I want, what I want At times I do believe I am strong So someone tell me why, why, why Do I, I, I need armor Oh, that's a very nice. Yeah, it was. And if by nice you mean horrible, then yes, it was. Oh, you know, I hated it. It was horrible. Yes, very well, nice. Oh, yes, time. Exactly. You know, anyhow, recordings of this kind, of this quality and of this caliber, frankly, don't come cheap. In oh, fact, no, no, no. no. Uh, just think about all of the tireless editing time and the amount of uh, work and sweat and blood and crime and grit and horror death and mayhem and destruction and strife and politics and meats and cheese and ham and bread and water and beer that's the most important we're put into something a, a, a recording just like this considering all that what would you pay for something like this oh I pay for you that and um, a bonsai tree. Yeah, well, you know, sane people would actually pay probably upwards of $100, oh, which I was hoping no. you were going to say. Oh, no, make you holler. Maybe, but speaking of work, I work hard for the money, and $100 is a lot. But nevertheless, I would certainly pay that over for a production of this quality. Fortunately, it's not even $100. What would you think it would be? Fifteen thousand yen. No? Uh, uh twenty twenty thousand yen. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I mean, Yeah, okay. We're gonna have to drop you off at the next exit here anyhow. What I was really going for was nine ninety nine nine ninety five, which is really what the price of Tavern cast a fury of love. One 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 K K B B Q F T W. Boy, I just love saying that. What is one of the worst places you think, Nihal, that it's in World of Warcraft? I know. Orgrimmar, exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Man, the queues in that place and the lag, unbelievable. Well, when my frame rates drop down to about 1.0, I like to just crank up the music and zone out. And there's nothing better to zone out to than the latest track, which is track number two on Taverncast, The Fury of Love, 111-KK-BBQ-FTW. And that's Orgrimmar. Let's listen in. For place that we always want to go Since we was a little orc, they call it Orgrimmar. It's there where all the parties break out in fights 
All the buildings are covered in spies. It's all in Orgrimmar. A million trolls and undead are in town and they're here to stay. Unfortunately, even though the torrents smell bad, they can't ruin for me the Org City. Orgrimmar. In Torotar. Logrigar in Orgrimmar. Orgrimmar. Go to the Underclub, come to Orgrimmar! What goes on in Orgrimmar stays in Orgrimmar! Blood and Thunder, Orgrimmar! Now, uh, Bill, does, was that the Olivia Newton-John sitting? It was very close. I think that may have been a distant relative of Olivia Newton-John. Oh, Actually, <laughs> well, no, probably wasn't related at all. But thanks for asking you not only get those three tracks, which are worth the price of admission right there. In fact, you don't leave now, because the next track that's coming up is Don't Leave, even though I kind of wish you would. Ooh, boy, sometimes words just come right out, don't they? You know what doesn't come right out is this CD. Uh, but who would ever want it to come out? Because I can't stop listening to the music of Taverncast. You and me. We used to be together, every day together, questing. Now it seems that I'm losing my party. I can't believe this could be the end. It looks as though you're quitting out. If it's true, well, I can't quest alone Don't leave, I know just what you're saying So please stop complaining Don't tell because it hurts Don't leave, I know just what you're thinking I don't need your items Don't do it because it hurts Bill, I cannot stand it. I love this record so much. I have to take home to my mother and to see cousins in Japan. I cannot leave your car without it. I must have it now. Okay, well, take it easy, Nihal. The good news is, is that we they made plenty of them. You can buy just one for nine 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 five. And wait, that's not all. If you buy two. You can buy them each for $9.9995. Buy two, get two. That's an amazing bargain. Tavern Guest, The Fury of Love, 111-KKBBQFTW. For only $9.99995, you can own that Tavern Guest, The Fury of Love, 111-KKBBQFTW. Just be sure to send a cash payment or money order or PayPal or credit card or 30 dead cats to 8119 Pueblo, Colorado. 
murder now. Low, low price, void where prohibited. Send the fat weasels. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. All the women love the beer bot. All the women know that the beer bot has the disco fever. That's not all. Coming soon to stores near you, we've got the Deep Run Tram Edition. All your favorites from over on the Alliance side. Boy, don't let those pallies get you down because now they're fighting for you. When the weak, they need the strong. When comes the pleas to right the wrongs. Then goes the call to great storm wind. And they send the paladin. Righteous soldiers, they fight for right. With a big ass mace and the blessing of might. Their morals pure, they're sold devout. If things get rough, they can shake the hearth out. Back in the day, they were the pimp, but they got nerfed. Their fighting prowess was gimped. But with 1.9, they renewed the path. Now when you run, you'll get the hammer of wrath. Silver plate upon their chest. Fighting men, they are Azeroth's best. They get a free hammer. They get a free mount. All the ladies love them, that's what it's all about. With two shields, they can't be beat. Unlimited heels, just take a seat. In PvP, you just can't win. Slash spit on you, that's the paladin. Little children, Say your prayers at night. Be nice to critters and follow the light. And when it's time, when evil comes again, then maybe you can be a paladin. So, Nihal, how many do you think you're gonna buy? Uh, I, I do it all, KK. You know, why do you say KK? You know, the first letter could be OK. <laughs> yes. And then you say the and then you say K. OK. Actually, it's just the just one. Uh, never mind. Tavern cats. The fury of love. One 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 KK BBQ. Oh God. You said the KK. Go drop off the cliff. I'm sorry, what was that? You said the KK. Yeah, look, uh, it's in the script, okay? OMG, yeah. KK.